Hello and welcome to a slightly different episode of the Wicked Awesome Cast. Now, normally we have our normal podcast format where we talk about various topics in our weeks and shit like that, but this week we're actually going to merge it with our post-E3 coverage. Now, you can go watch our post-E3 coverage complete with videos of the games and us talking and all that stuff over on the channel, Something Wicked Studios, or you can keep listening to it here in the audio format. Either way, your choice. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Something Wicked Studios post E3 extravaganza talkback. What are we calling it this year? I don't know. Post three. Post E3. Post E3. Post E3 coverage. That sounds good enough. As always, I'm Charlie. I'm joined by Alex, our newest member of the channel, What's and up? as always, the man, the myth, the legend inside the box. <laughs> Stuck. You're so pale. You're almost a mime naturally. <laughs> It's this wonderful Irish skit of mine. The monitor gives you a rosy color because it's screwed up, and that makes it funnier. You just look perpetually sunburned now, which is not far from the truth. But so, obviously, E3 has come and gone. We had a pre-E3 show. You can listen on the Wicked Awesome cast. I'll throw a link in the show notes for that if you're curious. But so, E3 has come. For lack of a better phrase, gaming Christmas is over. We've unwrapped our presents. We've seen what's coming for the rest of the year. What did you guys think? Uh, I, oh, I particularly liked, uh, Microsoft's kind of, their, 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 their event thing was actually pretty solid. I liked the fact that they were really pushing the cross-platform, cross-play, like, all over the place I kept hearing Windows 10, Xbox One, you know, cross-play, which is great, because it's nice to actually kind of get that involved, so my cousin, who's a dick, I can beat him on his console, and he doesn't have the excuse that, like, oh, I play on PC, or I play on console. No, you can't use that excuse, little asshole. So yeah. right now. The one comment I have on that is they're making it really hard to justify owning an Xbox One. Yeah. Where you can just get any of the games you might want for PC at this point. Yeah. Jeff is our hardest core PC gamer. Um, how do you feel to be part of the Xbox family unofficially? I mean, I've been saying it for years. I'm going to always own a Sony product because Microsoft doesn't force me to own an Xbox. And it, it's just made it's just making that even easier for me now, like... I, I just don't need to own an Xbox. I know, it's, it's funny because you now have Cuphead, Gears of War, ReCore, uh, Sea mm -hmm. of Thieves, all these games that me and Jeff are like, oh, this looks really cool, hope it comes to PC or whatever. And I'm like, mm -hmm. we're just coming to PC now. I don't have to get my X-Bone fixed, apparently, because yeah. nothing's coming to it anymore. Yeah, like, yep. I, 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 see, I could see the reason behind buying like, a PlayStation, because there's no cross-platform there. But now, like with all this stuff, especially like they're super pushing, like Gears of War is coming out, Windows 10. They've already done KI. They've already done Rocket League. Like it's just, like, there's no incentive for me to buy an Xbox One at this point. No, it's fair. And I, there's a couple things that like KI is better on PC because the fight sticks you can use with it mm -hmm. are a larger variety because they're just PC fight sticks. Yeah. Not Xbox One fight sticks that are kind of, well, limited in their availability and goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was at the show from a remote, uh, viewing it via the screens of the internet and TV and the pigeons I was sending you and obnoxious text <laughs> to Jeff. What did E3 yep. look like this year to you guys? Do you want to start, Alex, or do you want me to? Oh, you can go ahead. Go ahead. So to me, I had observed E3 very much in passing because I had a crazy week, so I haven't had much time to really catch up on all of it, so I'll give that kind of precedent up early. But for me, this was very much like Jeff's E3 and that, like, there were things I wanted, 
and I got most of them. Because most years in E3, it's kind of like, I don't have anything, I have no dogs in the fight, I'm really just hoping them to surprise me with something. But this year, there were games that I wanted more content on, and I pretty much got it with, like, Final Fantasy XV, they uh, showed more stuff than I knew about previously, and a lot of just, like, things. Um, Then with the Resident Evil series, like, just the rumors that there'd be a Resident Evil thing, and now there is a Resident Evil thing, and that's something for me to be excited about. I know Charlie's going to give me his... uh, everything on, like, what his feelings were on that game. No, you should be excited. That is a PTS Resident Evil game, potentially. And I know that's kind of what you want in a weird way. And if you're looking for a scary Resident Evil game, the fact they've gone full VR with that, like, that's a big move on anyone's part to be like, yeah, this major title, completely playable in VR. PlayStation VR is coming out in time for it, I assume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I saw a release date for Resident Evil 7. There was. It's, I think, July of 2017, and the VR is supposed to be out in, Yeah, like, November. Yeah, November, okay. yeah. It, it'll so be, they yeah, will yeah. be out in time for each other. Yeah, there's time for that technology to permeate the market, so it actually is a cool risk. And I, I'm not sure if that game will make Resident Evil fans happy, but it's it's definitely a nice... It's, it's a really good horror game. That... It, that, that was a, oh, I have to go play this for Jeff now, don't I? <laughs> Son of a bitch. So I address the, or, well, Capcom, like I address, um, what's it called? Metallica, where it's like, if I want to listen to the Black Album, I should just go listen to the Black Album. I shouldn't listen to Death Magnetic and hope that it's going to somehow bring up, like, being as good as the older ones. Like, if I want another Resident Evil 4, I just should go play Resident Evil 4 and just hope they produce something for me, like, in future Capcom stuff that's good as a instead of trying to give it the expectation that it's going to be as good as my favorite one. Yeah, no, um, it's, I mean, it's... It's cool they're not rebooting the entire franchise. It's Resident Evil 7. I've, you, bought, you guys both watched the Sony press conference, right? Yeah. That drop-in yep. in Evil with the 7, I've... I don't really get hyped about graphic tricks and stuff. I'm like, oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, that was pretty. Like, actually, when I was watching that, I didn't know if it was gonna exactly be a Resident Evil thing. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This looks interesting. Eh. Then you see the seven pop up, and then boom, on the evil. Like, yeah. Okay, that's a pretty good transition. Kudos. They on also transition. did it for the. Um, I forget what the Inker graphic looks like, but they actually blended the seven in with the uh, Biohazard that's one. That's what as we're well, talking because... about too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, like, it's like, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, that is in Resident Evil, or it's called Resident Evil in North America. In other markets like Japan, they're, oh, yeah, called, no. they're called the Biohazard Games. Yeah, oh, they, they did a beautiful job making it for both. Yeah. I thought they announced it as Resident Evil and Biohazard. It's like, mm-hmm. well, son of, yeah. well, son of a bitch, guys. Like, well played. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, that was gorgeous. I was real stoked to see that. Um, so, I guess continuing what I was saying, like, this was Jeff's... Christmas of an E3, and then with all the cross-platform stuff, like, when you were telling me in the pre-E3 that, like, I might need an Xbox to play Cuphead, and then now I'm finding out, like, I just don't need to get an Xbox, I'm like, yes! <laughs> yeah, I, I I, love the fact they're doing this PC angle with Microsoft. It strikes me as a weird business move. Yeah, they'll be selling games, but the games have a split with the developers and the publishers and stuff like that. It's, I get that most of these games are self-published by Microsoft, so they get that nice publisher cut. It seems weird to be, I wouldn't call it alienating the console aspect of it, but very much moving away from it. And 
yeah, the, um, what was it, uh, Quantum, yeah, Quantum Break got a PC release, and it was a bad one, so maybe it will be a fun new era of shitty PC releases for a little <laughs> while we have to look forward to. Round but, two of that. I, Yay, early 90s. It's, it's every <laughs> time I get back into PC gaming, something comes, it's like, hey, Charlie, yeah, remember how reliable consoles are? Yeah, get back to consoles, motherfucker! <laughs> I actually wouldn't be surprised to find out that our next iteration of Xbox is like much or is basically just a PC now or not in the obvious sense of the word, but like the thing has like a word processor and stuff and like Xbox gives up on trying to own the living room and basically just wants you to do your homework in the living well, room. So the joke you're making now, do we just want to talk about the Scorpio quickly? The, um, the oh, Project Scorpio? The, the Project Scorpio Xbox. The, like, mm -hmm. hey, it's a super Xbox. It's coming. Developers love this. Blah, 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 blah. We just want to talk about that now? Oh, we can jump into it, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you obviously are aware of it. Um, Does that appeal to you? I'm just never buying an Xbox, so fuck him on this topic. Well, <laughs> here's my thing. Like, just like Jeff, I, I'm, I'm a diehard PC gamer. That's my thing. And with all these announcements, like, I don't... Like... As much as it is attractive as it is, they're offering this, you know, Project Scorpio with 4K gaming resolution and all this other nonsense. It's like, yeah, it's cool, but, like, I can build that. Yeah. And, like, I don't, ha I don't have to worry about that so much. No, and, and, so and that's the thing, too. Like, it's when they start talking about how we're taking all these Xbox games and bringing them to your PC. It's like, at least the Sony stuff, I have to own a PS4 to play. Yeah. And the stuff they're showing off is, like... Damn, I really want to play that. Like, it, it, the resounding feeling with Microsoft at the floor this year was that looks cool, but it's coming to PC, so I don't need an Xbox. Like, there was nothing they were selling that people were like, <laughs> "Damn, I need an Xbox to play that kind of." But thing. But see, so the thing is, I can see why they're still keeping the Xbox around and doing all that because here's the thing: you'll find people who are big PC enthusiasts and all that stuff. The market that Xbox has is a lot of people who are like like PC game stuff, but they don't have the technicality or the knowledge to really yeah. put something together. So they fill that niche that just like, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to play gaming. I want to do some gaming. I don't want to have to build a crazy-ass PC to do it. And so I can get myself a console. And the nice thing is you can combine those two people together, the two groups. You can get the PC enthusiast who will be able to jump on and just have fun with the whole, you know, Xbox Anywhere thing and all that. At the same time, if I want to play with my cousin who's kind of younger, doesn't really need a PC to have all that stuff, and it's easier because it's kind of a more controlled environment for them, it's perfect. So I can see why they're, they're like, you know, they're really pushing this cross-platform stuff. And I think it's great. I think, if anything, that's my favorite thing that came out of, like, the whole Xbox thing was the cross-platform stuff. Without a doubt, definitely my favorite. Not sure. And that's, I guess, the thing that's weird for me. It's the cross-platform. Xbox has become a platform now not necessarily a console you have to own it's become a sales front and i guess post e3 they've announced they're gonna start bringing stuff to steam which i think sounds like a bad move on them like make us go through the horrible microsoft store for microsoft stuff because we're already going to be there like do we have to do the cross play with that it's I, to be fair though jeff has always had the opinion of if it's not on Steam, I probably am not going to buy it half the time. So, mm. would you start using the Microsoft? Fuck Origin! <laughs> no, um, and that's just I, it. Like, we, we have another Origin or Uplay. Or, yeah, what's it called? Yeah. Uplay, the Ubisoft one? Uplay, yeah. It's yeah. Ubisoft, yeah. I mean, I've had to interact with Uplay and with the Microsoft Store, even through Steam, because there's certain games like um, some expansions for stuff and some Ubisoft titles, like the Assassin's Creed games, you'll still have to work with Uplay. 
And I think it's actually Arkham DLCs. You had to go through the Microsoft Store, sure, and they just yeah. sold you a CD key. So there, I mean, the Microsoft Store is aware of me. I'm aware of it. I don't like it, but it's there. Yeah. Um, and it and Steam have gotten along in the past, I guess, like, and that it's sold me CD keys for it. Not fair. But, yeah, and, and I know, like, specifically mentioning you play in Steam, that you can link your accounts together on that now, because I guess they have some sort of API thing they're working with. So you can link those accounts, so which means, like, if you have a push, for example, game, like Gears of War, you can push I'm, it out on the Microsoft Store, you can link that to your Steam account, and I can see how that would intertwine together and that would work out. But I really do think that this, with this new itineration of Xbox and where they're going with it, I can really see that they're trying to push the... Like step, I would say in a weird way, step away from digital, like no one, step away from physical copy sales, and kind of start going towards a digital market because Steam does amazingly well, and they're digital publishers, like they just do or digital distributors rather. Yeah. So I could definitely see Microsoft trying to trying to push into that because, I mean, KI is already on the Microsoft Store. You download it, you're good to go. There's no like, I don't think there's even a PC install that you buy on a disc. It's only. A download, so I can definitely yeah. see Microsoft kind of also push out their store as well in a way. Okay, so you're saying we're actually finally getting the promised digital downloading yeah. future for consoles that they've been kind of dancing around trying to make work, and that our infrastructure is necessary to support all the way yet, but we're definitely finally pushing in that direction just on all so, platforms. Yeah, and I think can the, I see some real quick? Sure. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, one of the things that I'm actually expecting to be one of the next technologies someone's going to try and push out is eventually some kind of program that's supposed to be like a uh, some kind of manager that allows you to log into one program and it has access to your Steam library, your Origin library, your Uplay library, and just like one program that you have to log into multiple accounts to get it to run, but it can just manage all of them, I think mm -hmm. is in a lot of ways the future and like the, the ability to, I'm going to be forced to interact with all of these give me a program that allows me to just access all of their content at once and then have different tabs for, like... I think Origin has all kinds of, like, the social integrations and yeah. stuff, and then Steam's the community stuff, mm -hmm. and just to have one program that manages all of it. Basically, a universal um, library, if you will. Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. Uh, you could kind of make the argument your start menu in Windows kind of works as this that. This is true. Not yeah. All, yeah. But not only games that are downloaded. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, a, a full list of all the games I, in theory, own... That'd be pretty goddamn awesome. Yeah. But we're moving away from the point of things we'd love to see yeah. in video games. They didn't show a <laughs> universal library off at E3. So, um, <laughs> any thoughts on Microsoft before we move on to, I guess, talking about the other stuff we liked that we saw? Um, let's see. As far as other... Same, well, I mean, yeah, we can move on. I don't think there's anything else. I mean, we, just I just want to really throw in there as far as the universal library stuff goes. I, I think... I, I remember a few years ago they had that thing where, like, Sony did that ad, and it was like, oh, how to share games with friends. Yeah, that Step was two one. years ago. Yeah, hand the con Like, I bet if anything, like, you know, just making it easy to play all your old games and stuff like that as well, like, the fact that you can have everything on Xbox, like, any anywhere, all that stuff, it'll be great because once the console gets outdated, it's like, well, you can always go back and play on your Windows PC. No, and that's the great thing they're talking about yeah, now. Yeah, that's... Like, that's the fact they're bringing forward the Xbox 360 stuff to work on the Xbox. It's it's neat to see them trying to make a platform, like I said, where it's like it's like Steam. If it worked once, it in theory will work for as long as your OS yeah. can support it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Steam will sell you games that do not work with Windows 10. Oh. Yeah, uh, like Mist. Um, I was gonna say the one thing about Xbox I think that's worth noting is um, that is an actual like it's not a game that they're trying to push this year. Talking like strictly about their platform and their console is um, they announced, was it Groups 
Arena and one other thing. Yeah, clubs, uh, arena, and there was yeah, you're right, there's something else. Yeah. Oh, oh looking look for, for party. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking for so. I think I glazed the, over this. <laughs> see, two of them I couldn't give a shit less about, but the arena one I think is going to be really interesting because now our, I'm a League of Legends player, so for me, competitive is a very important thing. And the fact that they're now taking it from being like individual games are competitive, like Overwatch wants to be a competitive game, StarCraft is a competitive game, League of Legends is a competitive game, and just bringing every single game you own together in a hub... So you can make this, like, decision for yourself, like, you know, I want to be, you know, the best, like, no one ever was at, I don't know, um, any, or, uh, GTA or some shit, like, some kind of big online game, and then people can, um, well, actually, it would have to be a PvP game, probably, but, um, people can kind of determine that they want to create a competitive scene with this game, and now they have a platform to do it with, instead of people trying to, like, organize shit through Reddit, or, like, no, yeah, you know, it's message in a bottle out into the ocean and hoping the world comes together. It gives like a really good hub to bring together competitive scenes. Yeah, and basically games a built-in tournament one. system almost. Yeah, yeah, that's actually what it is. You can organize and put together tournaments. No, with I the totally, I, I'm glad you guys caught that. I totally missed that. So what I want them to add to that now, though, is random tournament where it scans all of the games like 30 people own and then makes you randomly play those games as part of a tournament. <laughs> That's functionality. Awesome. So like a decathlon of gaming. Yes, the decathlon of gaming. Like, imagine how crazy extra life would be if it was like you and like ten oh. friends. It's like okay, who can make it the farthest in an hour in Dark Souls now? Next, Overwatch. Next, Gears of War. Yeah. Next, Next, I don't know, uh, some weird indie bullshit game that's got no points. <laughs> yeah, but like they were definitely pushing. Um, I know they they were really pushing that arena competitive stuff for sure. Um, they also mentioned that like EA is bringing a lot of their sports game over, so they'll be able to do that's like FIFA. Been there, yeah, though. but they're like bringing them yeah. over into the arena. So when that launches, that'll have that functionality, as far as what I've heard. So the cynical um, part of my brain actually looks at that and says EA wanted to do that, and it's too lazy to figure out how to do it on their end. Yeah. So they have the arena thing going, but I think also the nice thing is, I mean, they'll start with like the competitive stuff as far as like versus and PvP. I would not be surprised if down the line. They push that to do like speedrunners competitive, sure. where you have like speedrunner records posted as well, and having kind of like a ladder for that stuff. Like I definitely would see that coming eventually because the speedrunner community is also pretty big. So for Xbox yeah. to also kind of tap into that, I think would be pretty awesome. Oh. And to have it up on the ladder would be amazing. That'd be fucking sick. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, I, yeah, yeah. As we kind of talked about, Microsoft very much doubled down on. Would you call it the hardware or the interface aspects of the Xbox at this point? Like, it's Xbox's concept, not Xbox as physical thing you have under your TV. I think they, 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 they really push the platform. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, yeah. it's a nebulous concept. Like, yeah. this is the cloud all over again. It's Xbox. Pretty much. I almost feel like it's Xbox by Windows 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it to your feel... point, they were dropping the Xbox One angle a lot. It was just Xbox everywhere. It wasn't Xbox One, it wasn't Xbox 360, it was just Xbox. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it was funny because like a lot of, one of the things that kind of annoyed me, but I, I kind of got the point, I could see where they were going with it, was every time they would show something, it's like, it's like Xbox One and Windows 10 exclusive. Yeah. Like every time, it was like, mm -hmm. like, okay, I get it. It's exclusive. It's cool. I got it. Yeah. And they kick so, over and over and over. Like, okay. So cool. my takeaway is fuck Apple. <laughs> Pretty much is what they're doing. Like they're pushing this and this even more. <laughs> we, we have a weirdly fuck Apple stance at this channel. So I thought we'd all kind of yes. be in line with that anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole like 
Apple has always been around and whatnot, and Apple has always kind of had some games, but now they've, like, very formally, like, put their foot down in the sand and be like, yeah, we're spending more time developing for our uh, OS now, and we are just not sharing our toys. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. All right, so let's move on. We can talk operating <laughs> systems some other time. We are so far away from E3 now with Apple Talk. Yeah. Uh, Sony, <laughs> what did you guys think of the live scored press conference? Okay, the fact that Sony had this whole, like, orchestra thing set up was like... That was crazy! I'm like, just get to the fucking games! Like, okay. Like, e okay, even on the press video, like, they had this 15, like... Okay, they were going to start... They were starting late. And oh, they're like, yeah. They're like, fuck, we need filler. Oh, you Let's, sat through the cringe? I sat through the fucking cringe. Oh, and that, that was the worst fucking thing I had to watch. Like, I was like, Char okay, that's the first video I watched, and I was like, oh. god damn you, Charlie. <laughs> if, if this is what this whole E3 is like, I'm going to hang myself. So, this is terrible. <laughs> that's kind of what all of E3 kind of was. I should have thrown the disclaimer in there of skip to the actual press conference. Yeah. So, for so, what Alex <laughs> is referencing, the video I sent out to make sure we all were caught up on things, the official video from Sony of their press conference has this... Horrible isn't a bad enough word to describe it, but like it's it's every YouTuber audition tape ever for some I don't know what react. It was reactions the video live coverage. It, it it just hurt to watch. Yeah, like you could easily take that first like fifteen minutes of that Sony presentation, put it up as its own clip, and put it on Reddit, and it would easily be top post on cringeworthy or any of those. Yeah, like, no, so, it was bad. But like just. So, Negating the non-professional, not something Wicked Studios E3 coverage that Sony tried to pull together, the actual Sony press conference, okay. the stuff in the big room with the orchestra and the TVs. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? Okay, so it was. I thought it was interesting only because, like, I mean, you go and they were big focus was games. Like, you can tell. Like, I, I just feel like that Sony didn't really have a lot as far as like their platform and what they're talking about. It just didn't feel that way. Like. Their big push was like, we've got all these new cool games coming out. Like, people people wet their pants when they saw, like, you know, what's his name? Kratos show up on God of War, and now he's a dad. You Kratos know? for <laughs> father of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like he gets shot uh. in the shoulder with an arrow, and he's like, just, just I'm go. Sorry. Just that go get your goddamn gear. Like, just go. As a God of War fan, that shit was amazing. <laughs> I want. Mm. So the. The unofficial, the, the subtitle I may give this E3 is E3 2016, the year of the shitty alcoholic father. Like every game video that featured, like, this is my son, it's like, Kratos comes out, full lumberjack beard, boy, feed me! Yeah, it's like, come on, Kratos, you know you can easily, he's like, okay, let's have some father-son bonding time. And his, how is his son such a weenie? This man took down how many freaking, like... Especially because the kid's like, face is like covered in scars. Either Kratos smashed the kid's face into a rock earlier. And like, yeah. Or so, like, so that's the so. <laughs> which is regardless a of whether or not Kratos should be allowed to have kids, he shouldn't be. <laughs> We're not debating that part of the story. <laughs> I thought that looked pretty goddamn yeah. cool. God oh, no, of War is fantastic. Back. I want. Like, I was watching game. that and I'm like, I, I was okay with three God of War games. That fourth one kind of sucked. That pops up and I'm like. I could go for another God of War game if it looks yeah. like this. Yeah, no, it looked really good. Like, like I mean, all the jokes about him being the father of the year aside, <laughs> but like, it looked vis visually it was very stunning. That shit looked it pretty, was yeah. Great, and I mm. and what I what I'm noticing, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna th like throw it in there. Is there's gonna be a lot of like 
I feel like there's gonna be able to you'll be able to switch between the two characters, the son and the father, because they kind of hinted at that where he's like. So there are a bunch of crazy conspiracy theories out there, ranging from you are playing as Kratos. So my conspiracy theory is that at the end of God of War three, you you fucking died. Like Kratos had a giant sword through him. He's just dead. Mm -hmm. And you are now in Viking Valhalla with all the other badasses of history, and it's you, and it's pre-Norse god, essentially. Like, Valhalla always existed, but there is no Odin, there is no Thor. Oh. You may have noticed there's a couple little moments where, like, um, Kratos Jr. shoots a lightning arrow once or twice. Yeah, I saw that. He, he did that. He has some lightning power, and then you also have Kratos, who's just kind of, like, trying to be a good dad and constantly screwing <laughs> up, but at the same time, it's, like, still kind of like, no, I'm trying to be a father. My theory, liked, and the theory that, um, that it has is you are, you are playing as Kratos, who becomes Odin eventually. And I like that son, they, uh, it's Thor just kind yeah. of kicking around, being like, "Yep, mom's dead." There's also some other. Like, there's a lot of Viking lore that supports a bunch of crazy theories, ranging from like the um, the Huntress mom, the the, the Huntress god of Viking. Who I'm blanking on the name of right Artemis. now. No, that's Greek. Okay, that's Greek. Sorry. Had this habit of having kids and then fucking abandoning them with their dad. So he has a god's kid, and like Kratos hooked up with the Viking goddess of hunting for a couple weekends, and now he has Kratos Jr. kind of thing kicking around. Or the kid's just not his, it's the kid that made it into Valhalla, and it's like, I feel bad for you. I don't know what happens if you die in Valhalla. And there's like, mm -hmm. there's some stuff floating on the background. There's a picture people thought might have been Loki and stuff like that. There is stuff in that trailer that hints to like being potentially a crazy god of war. Yeah, like. Mm -hmm. And also at the very end, he says, you know, you know, welcome. And he's like, what, to a new beginning? And they have this whole, like, nice panoramic shot the of God the whole area. dragon and shows there's up. a dragon yeah. flies by. I'm like, mm, okay. My own feels like those jumping the shark a little bit. They probably should have saved that for the game. Because now, needless to say, I'm excited as hell for the dragon. It's like, oh, if I discovered there was dragons in this game later, I'd be so happy. Yeah, but at the same time, like, they didn't really show off that much new. You killed some skeleton mm. enemies. You kill the troll. You're in a thick, wooded environment. Like, oh, there's nothing. Also, he killed a fucking sentient troll. Yeah, that that's also an interesting thing. When the troll starts trying to like, don't murder me. Yeah, no, the, like, nope, that, that's not how I solve problems. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> we have diplomacy here. Stop. <laughs> yeah, there's. You kind of had the hints at this isn't Greek anymore. We've changed the rule book mm -hmm. significantly. The, the world you're used to playing when it comes yeah. to Kratos, we've tossed that out the window. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that said, he had fucking Spartan Rage was one of his powers. But yeah, the games that had that. To, So that's the yeah. thing. There's some debate whether or not... These games are tied in somehow. Yeah. No, so that's the thing. Like, there's debate whether or not it's a continuation of the existing God of War if it's a reboot. And it looks like it's a continuation, and if that's the yeah. case... I'm all for that, because yeah. I... So the original... If you, you go back far enough to David Jaffe's original plan for God of War, it was supposed to be like, Kratos stumbles into mythology, Kratos kills the Greek gods. Kratos moves on to new mythology, fourth game, Kratos kills, kills the gods. Like He was supposed to work his way through all the various pa uh, pantheons of mythology, mythological gods, and it's neat to see them getting back to that initial plan because the third game and definitely the fourth game were not the strongest God of War entries. Mm -hmm. I had a shit ton of fun with God of War 3. I need to pick oh, up 4. 3 is fantastic, but like, did you really need 3 after 2? 
I didn't get to, or I didn't play to, so I guess. Yeah. It, um. But that said, that's actually one of the. I was actually thinking about that like two seconds ago. Of like, with all these upreses we're getting, that's one game I would actually want an upres of. I think um, they did would that. Be, uh, I think it was a God of War three for PS4. No, 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 not God of War three. Um, an upres of the. Uh, First two God of Wars. Oh, okay. It may have come with the God of War 3 upres. I, I don't know. I kind of looked at that once, and I'm like, whatever, moving on. <laughs> but so, we're kind of excited about God of War. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jeff, they dropped the Resident Evil hammer on you while you were watching the Sony thing. Yep. I literally, like, was going to bed, and I, like, was laying in bed with my cell phone, and I turned on Twitch, and I was like, E3, I'm like, I guess I'll turn in for, you know, two or three seconds. And I came into this the part where the guy's looking in the pot with like the cockroaches and shit. And I was like, huh, what game is this? Is this the new Resident Evil? Is it? And then like a fucking like guy like walks past the door, I'm like, oh my god, I think this is the new Resident Evil. And the entire chat was like, oh my god, they're bringing back Silent Hill. I'm like, no, this doesn't look like Silent Hill. And then it was like Resident Evil, and it's got the sound like Yes! Yeah. Well, it's gonna be hard to sleep now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, when I saw that trailer, the guy who walked by looks like he was in the full tactical. Was I? I don't know. Was he like in the full tactical gear kind of setup? Well, that's been a thing in Resident. What's his name? Um, the Hunk. Isn't Hunk. It? Yeah, the mercenary. Yeah. I feel like that was Hunk that was walking by. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I could be wrong, but it just—it was a fully suited guy in SWAT gear. So I knew he wasn't some sort of PT type game because they usually try to do something like some like you know white dress woman. Floating by, just to something to scare the crap no, out of you. Fair, fair. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, this is definitely something closer spectral. to like, yeah, some sort of spectral being of some sort. No, yeah, no. Resident Evil's always had a thing that actually exists horror angle to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Silent Hill's always had kind of a this might not even be their angle. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I was just impressed it was part of the Sony reveal. Like that was mm-hmm. a big deal. It's like it's like okay, this is actually kind of. Like, I'm watching it going, oh, no, I have to do something with PT again. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and that turned out to be Resident Evil, and I went to, oh, no, Jeff's going to want me to play this now. Fuck! Jeff wants Jeff to play that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, um, I mean, it, it, the Resident Evil reveal was really cool. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting in the fact that it's not a third person over the shoulder, like... Well, so that's the it, thing. We don't know what the different. game actually... They were just showing off the VR version of the game. They didn't uh, really show yeah. what that game is like without it being in thir- without it being in VR. But the only version I checked out was the VR version. I'm not sure if they were demoing the non-VR version at E3 or not, which I, I'd like to think they'll be an over-the-shoulder third-person mode thing, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm with you on that one, though, Jim. It's kind of strange to have Resident Evil lock to first person. Yeah. That said, first person is a fantastic way for to do a horror game because yeah. the more you control the FOV, the better you can kind of construct and play with the player's head. No, yeah, no. I think just it's if they're really moving away from the action orientation of that game, which has been the past couple titles, they can definitely mm-hmm. do it. If they're going to keep some of the running gun that you love so much from Resident Evil 4, they yep. have to go back to third person for a little bit, I think. It just yep. won't work if it's not that. Mm. And, and also, I mean, they did... I think it was on an arcade, but they, they've already done first-person Resident Evil. That's not something like... Are talking House of the Dead? No. There actually is a first-person Resident Evil arcade. Huh. Well, is it, well, the, well, the difference is, is it a numbered Resident Evil, or... 
I think like, it was one of their like it was like one of their off ones. It's an arcade mm-hmm. cabinet. It's not numbered. Say, because there's a million like Resident Evil games that are like not at all like the numbered ones. Like there's friggin' like chest high wall simulator Resident Evils out there if you're willing to go looking for them. Okay, but yeah, no, because um, I remember at an arcade, it's like I saw it and you actually the way that you controlled it was like there's this one like it was almost like a fire plate thing and it had like a a four corner joystick kind of area and you just kind of had a gun you would move around to control your movement and your turning and all that stuff. So it was it was interesting that they they switched to VR because, like I said, I, they've done it before as far as doing a first person shooter. And I sure. personally like you know just to drive the point you guys were saying earlier, first person like if you can control that FOV, yeah, you can make an amazing horror game. No, no that's that was the joy of PT was yeah. that you were kind of terrified to look around. And I'm not sure if it's still up. I I'm able to find it on PSN, but allegedly there is a playable demo-ish thing of Resident <laughs> Evil. If you have PlayStation Plus and you have a PS4, so yes. yeah. I, I'm not able to find it yet, but maybe someone smarter than me can find it. Jeff, since you own a PS4, you should probably go find this. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that, that demo became available the same day they announced it. So yeah, no, it should it's, already be out there. It was something mm-hmm. I couldn't find, so I can't confirm whether or where it is in the PS Store. Mm. So those were obviously the two big moments of it. We got more um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I, I know I showed the video to you, and you're like, what yes. the hell is this? And yeah. me and Jeff have been excited for that game for a while. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about it was that nice game to see a lot more of the mechanics of the game. Yeah. So I actually got to play that, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Okay. Ooh, you lucky bastard. I, <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so take a step back, I guess, for a second. Um, you had the Microsoft press conference that was very corporate press conference. It was, it was very much a, we're bringing people out, they're talking... The Sony one was just games, 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 games yeah. with a live orchestra in the background. Yeah, it was yeah. like... Which I thought was kind of crazy that they were doing that and you had Crash Bandicoot show up and yeah. Kojima drop his new game. Uh, Death, uh, Death Stranding, was that? that Death Stranding? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Another another video like to push the theme that you know Sony's going all fall of the year with like Norman Reedus naked <laughs> on the beach and he picks up this child. It's like, oh, I fucked up. Well, so do we want to talk about Death Stranding quickly and the crazy conspiracies I, uh, that exist because of it? Yeah. I mean, I mean what, they didn't really show us too much. It was just like a trailer. So, but let's go. Yeah, let's just go into it. I, I, I'm, I'm in. So what have you two read about the crazy conspiracies surrounding that game? I, I personally haven't read anything. I, I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck happened in that trailer. You got anything, Jeff? I don't. Okay, so the theory is it's not actually a game. It's, Ko- it's Kojima's kind of fuck you letter to Konami. So if you look into stuff like Stranding is a, a weird behavior whales have where they beach themselves intentionally to die, basically. And... Like, you have little things where you have, like, um, Norman Reed is holding the baby, and the baby is taken away from those people grabbing at the guy left and right, and then you have the five uh, solid snakes in the sky Kojima was forced to make. Like, in some way, there's been a bunch of weird, crazy theories that that (coughs) entire video is more Kojima being like, I'm free, bitches. That's really out there. But it's Kojima. I mean, Kojima so and really out there are kind of hand in hand. Yeah, like, like here's the thing. Like, okay, Kojima's done with Konami. Yeah, and Metal Gear. And Metal Gear. So he stepped away from that. You know, well, not stepped away, but he was kind of like, hey. He's been cut away. He's yeah. no longer part of it. Yeah. So, like, I, I get that he's upset, but, like, to take an entire chunk of a press conference at E3 to be like, hey, by the way. 
There you go, Konami. That's totally. There you go. That's totally what Kojima would do, though. Too like it's like I'm making a game. It might be something like this. I don't fucking know. Let's make a trailer, though. Yeah, like, mm. and, and and if that is the case, that just speaks to how little Sony had this year. Maybe, maybe it's. I think it's more you have Kojima now working on an exclusive project mm-hmm. for Sony. You have to show Kojima and. At least for people like me that were kind of going in, going, I'd love to see Kojima being back to being, well, Kojima and not Metal Gear Solid Kojima. I want him to be able to do his weird, like, what, can, what is he up to? What does he want to do now that he's not forced to do Metal Gear anymore? Now that he has freedom to do whatever the fuck he wants, what do we get? And I'm watching that going, this is weird as hell. This is exactly <laughs> what I want. And the fact that it might not even be a real thing... So I, the, the weird validity of it maybe not being an exact thing was if you go back to Metal Gear Solid 3, the initial reveal for it was this very stylized, black and white, not really a trailer video where it showed off like the fidelity they were going for, some close combat, the time period, but it had crazy, very stylized graphics yeah. all over it. You had um, Snake fighting... Uh, Raiden or Raiden for the chair of the star and stuff like that. Like it mm. wasn't. It really wasn't a trailer for a game. It was more a here's the look and feel I'm going for, and here's like what it will look like. And I'm choosing to interpret Death's, uh, the Stranding video as that kind of. And if it also happens to be a fuck you to Konami, that's kind of funny in its own weird way. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? Kojima is kind of a troll, so I could see that happening. Uh, the, the number of pictures. I saw of Kojima drinking coffee out of a cup that was labeled some Konami salty tears. Yeah. Like, it was all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, I I could see him just kind of like, that's his last hurrah, and then also saying, hey, by the way, I'm working on a new project. Oh, and you guys remember that PT game that was supposed to have Norman Reedus, and then it got canceled? I got Norman Reedus! So it's like, all right! Yeah. Like, I could see that, like, going, and, you know, for a long time, like, I remember when, just to kind of digress on the whole Norman Reedus thing, He's a big name right now. Yeah. Like, Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, you know, there's the whole movement, like, if Daryl dies, we riot kind of thing. And he, there was a big hype when the, he was going to be in one of those games. Yeah. Was he, yeah, the new PT, PT game. And then when that got shut down and got canceled, people were like, oh, man, that sucks. So it's interesting that, like, he picked him up because it's like, he knows what the fans want as far as, like, the hype. And he brings the hype, so no, I can see that coming together. But that video was still super fucking trippy, like... I don't know. <laughs> As like, it should be. Like I can. It's like a Metal Ox, to- Metal Ox Toki War Tooth Nightmare Dream. No, I think if you go back even like <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five, it was the fake trailer that was actually a trailer for Metal Gear Solid Five called the it was called the Phantom Pain. It was it, and he had, Ko- he had Kojima out there denying it was a Metal Gear Solid. He's like that's not me. It's made by um, Ahab Studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Ishmael. I, yeah, maybe it was that, but yes, like. You had someone call Ishmael in the game. It was like, it's not Metal Gear Solid 5. Like, I, it's neat. It, it was fun to see something that weird. I guess on the same topic as weird, Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Oh, yeah. David Cage! <laughs> is that the android who goes to negotiate with another android? Yep. My curiosity is how many more levels do they have than just that one? Because well, if it's just like, replay this same scenario as many times as you want, that'll be kind of eh. But I'd really love to see them very much like, you know, ten different scenarios, ten different crime scenes, like, pull it together and then kind of piece together what's going on in this guy's head and, like, what's the best way to get them to do what you want. And, you know, 
if you're a sales rep, it's a great way to learn how to manipulate people into buying your product. Yeah, it's like yeah, good sales sale, mock sales call. Yeah, sales simulator 2016. But, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it, that that game was really interesting because I'm like, oh, what's going on? He's like, oh, he's an Android. Okay, whatever. Then he goes out there, and then you realize the guy he's the guy he's trying to talk down from killing that girl is also an Android. Uh, yeah, the guy's talking down is an Android, not the girl. Sorry, I misunderstood. I misunderstood her. Yeah, no, no. So, so, have you guys played? A David Cage original video game yet? No. So, you probably this. get the privilege of playing it because every David Cage game is mild YouTube fodder. But they are all these super, way too serious, minimalistic, motion-based games that are... Like, this does look like the best one he's done. I am not a David Cage fan. I am a David is... Cage fan of mocking David Cage because his Did games are just... Did you make Alan just... Wake? Uh, what was that? Did he make Alan Wake or Heavy no, Rain? No, that's Quantic. Dr- that's okay. That's the guy who made. That's, those are the guys who made um, Quantic or the. I'm blanking on the game now. The time travel game that came out recently. Quantic Dream. Maybe that's him. Uh, no, David Cage is a French developer. Um, he did. Uh, oh God, what was it called? Heavy Rain. He did. Um, Twin Souls or something like that? I've See, seen... Beyond Two Souls, Beyond the Dark Two Souls. Sorcerer, Kara, Heavy Rain, Heavy Rain, Heavy Rain, Indigo Prophecy, Omicron, the Nomad Soul? You're getting out, you're, yeah, you're getting off things people end up with them. Um, well, uh, this Indigo, is the, the official list. <laughs> yeah, Indigo Prophecy slash Fahrenheit if you're in Europe. It was the thing that put him on the map. And to put in perspective how David Cage these games are, the game starts with a fully mocap version of him explaining how this is a video game meant to be played kind of like a movie. Mm. The game is a giant... All the games are a giant collection of quick-time simulators, and they've gotten progressively better at being more game-ish. And Mm -hmm. it seems like he may have actually found a plot and a style and a story that might work with what he's always wanted to do, which is this very story-driven thing you interact with. Like, the fact that it's a... the fact it's taken him this long to make a detective game is baffling to me, because that's... Well, I mean, there's Beyond Two Souls. Which isn't really a detective game. It's very linear. Mm-hmm. So, okay. the way this, this game kind of felt like, as far, as far as it started to unravel even more, it feels like a giant digital choose-your-own-adventure choose your game. That's his game. That's, that's his that, game. That's his whole thing. That's well, his thing. Yeah. So, like, I can see that, like, where, you, I mean, he's definitely going to push for that replay value where it's like yeah. oh well let's do this a little bit different this time and for me that drives me fucking nuts only because i like i'll create multiple Hello? save points just be like well before i make this decision i'll save here and then do this and that and that and it just that'll drive me nuts so i oh, could see that. the angle and how cool it would look and you know it, it does look pretty cool that there's all these different decisions and things you can do but i don't know like if it is like you know jeff saying if it is only just one scenario That'll get real old real quick. Yeah, I don't think it's quite that simple. Like, his games yeah. generally are narrative-based, that there is a story to them. Like, I'm betting it's kind of a weird... Pin- uh, throwing money down right now, that game is Pinocchio, or AI, depending on which one you want to follow. Like, it, it's the story of your character's ro- of your character robot trying to become... I wouldn't call it human, but some version of human or... Robot rights or some bullshit like that. David Cage isn't creative enough to come up with a new concept. Okay. Throwing that down <laughs> right now. It's, it is a rehash of something you've already heard at least once. I can I mm-hmm. see it being kind of AI-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Pinocchio at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
That's the big news from the Sony press conference. I, I was kind of happy they brought back the spectacle, like as dumb as it was, live scoring a goddamn press conference. That's an impressive feat. Like that's some timing, some dedication, some work. They brought Crash out. That was kind of a neat reveal. Or Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, oh yeah, back. of course. Yeah, in the Skylanders game, correct? It's gonna it's be interesting to see how that game ages. Cause... Well, they're also remastering. So that's oh, the that's cool, right. Yeah, they're, they're remastering back, the first three. Yeah, the first three: Crash One, Crash Two, and then Crash what? Reloaded. Who or- knows. Whatever they call it. Yeah, they're doing all three of the Crash ones. They're bringing them back to the Sony platform, which is yep. cool. I did like that little effect when they had that one guy the walk silhouette. out. And the yeah. silhouette of Crash Bandicoot in the bottom, like the shadow. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. So I actually got, um, because I'm good at cornering people I need to t- I don't need to talk to at E3, technically. I actually got a chance to talk to a guy whose company is working on the Crash Bandicoot stuff. It's not just an up-res. They're apparently going through and really uplifting Ooh. it into a more modern way. Like, it's... It's 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 gotta be very faithful to what Crash Bandicoot was, but it's not just we're bringing it to you in a new console. It's like no, we're spending the time to make it look good and play correctly. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I really hope like because Crash Bandicoot that you're gonna hit so many nostalgia factors with that one too. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great. That's purely what it is. Yeah, and I love I like the Crash Bandicoot franchise quite a bit. So if I mean if as long as they stick true to it, they can do new things with it, and it'll be fun, and I'll definitely pick it up. But if they try to do like, well, here's the idea, but we've got all these new ideas to go with it, and they become something else, then fuck whoever they are doing that. So, <laughs> so Jeff, as someone who's played um, Uncharted Four, how do you feel about Crash Bandicoot? Well, I've now officially beat Uncharted Four, so we're gonna have to do the Uncharted Forecast at some point. Um, that you've always wanted. It's so the thing is, is the Crash Bandicoot game begins to kind of like remind you very. Or, I don't know, however they remaster it, the controls are really going to be interesting, because it's like, in this day and age, the controls that Crash Bandicoot runs on passes pretty much for like an indie game, at best, it, and not like a triple-A, and I don't know what they'd be able to bring to the table to really like, bring that one forward. That said, I love the Crash Bandicoot games, I'd absolutely buy it and play it, but I don't know how, if I ever was tasked with, with like, okay... Tell someone who's never played a Crash Bandicoot game to play this game how they would react to it. Because, like, I have enough nostalgia and enjoyment and I enjoy it and its controls, but I don't know how much someone who's never played a Crash game before would really respond to it. I think it's as simple as that. This is purely a nostalgia grab. Nostalgia grab, grab, yeah. this, This is a game for those of us who are like, Yeah! Crash Bandicoot is back! And that's about where it leads off. yeah. it, it's going to very much depend on how much money they want for this game, which I'm guessing is going to be $60. But... And for, for, for three, re- if they're really doing the full yeah. remastering they're talking about, three games for 40, but for 40 60 bucks. Like, I, I played some of the rare re, um, rewind, rewind collection, and there are some duds in that thing, but you getting a game that you wanted to play recently on a thing you actually can play it on is kind of nice at the end of the day, though, too. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I mean... Just to kind of touch on the control thing, there's beauty in simplicity. Like, sometimes people try to make things so complex as far as the controls and the mechanics stuff that you lose the fact, like, the, the fun in the game. Like, there was a, I can't remember, I played a game a while back, I can't remember, but the controls were so, like, just out there. It's like, yeah, this is kind of just a put-off. Like, no, I like it, it's and, what... and that's the beauty of Crash. Like, it was like, you got your attack button, your jump button, you move around, you're good. Like, there, no, you could add little things here and there. And then still, like, pull in newer people and kind of add that little more complexity. But, I mean, just don't 
lose sight of like that core, that easy, like, yeah, this game is easy to play, anybody can jump into it. But we're also now living in a world where we have a bunch of indie games coming out based purely on their art aesthetics. Like, as, as cool as me and Jeff think Cuphead looks, mm-hmm. it's still, I, I played it, it's still just a side-scroller. Yeah. With amazing art. But it is, it is a bare-bones side-scroller at the end of the day. Like, there's not a lot going on in that game. And I think in that kind of environment, Crash could actually do pretty well for itself, ultimately. Like, it, it kind of works. Yeah. I was just yeah. looking at on Steam, to get, like, the HD up-res of Resident Evil 1 is $20. Yeah. So, yes, this is three Crash games, but, like, I don't know. It's going to depend on how much effort they... Uh, how much stuff I get when they... Uh, when all said and done. Not yeah. sure. I don't know. I'm I'm reserved. I'm excited, but I'm reserved about it. Not sure. So opening it up to the more general concept of the other press conferences. You got EA, which, as far as I'm concerned, they didn't even need to be there. They showed off Titanfall and Battlefield. They showed off Titanfall two and Battlefield one, and that was cool. And then did the EA thing of sports, 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 sports. That always comes off as half baked. They're doing the split like. Hey, half the conference is in some European country, I think, was Britain, and half of it's in L.A., and we're not actually at E3 this year, except for the fact that we have Battlefield 1 in the Microsoft Xbox booth, because we're not crazy enough to actually not be at E3. We're just piggybacking on everyone. I, that was just a train wreck of a press conference. Did either of you two even bother watching it? Um, I kind of, I, I mean, I watched a little bit of the stuff as far as, like, reading up on I watched a little bit of stuff, but also mainly because of the Titanfall. Yeah. Like, because I like Titanfall 1. Titanfall looks cool. Yeah, like, Titanfall 1, like, the concept was really cool. I liked the whole thing, but it didn't have any single-player, like, campaign stuff as far as I know. So this one, the new one, is actually has a whole campaign built into it, which yeah. is kind of cool, and I think that's one of the things that people were really asking as far as, like, a game, which I think is also the issue that I think Battlefront had. Where, like, there's no single-player campaign stuff going yeah. on. It's all just, you're a multiplayer, and have fun. And it kind of just, it suffered in that sense, because it just seemed like a really cool concept. So, yeah. other than that, I didn't watch the rest of the train wreck that is EA. Did you watch any of it, Jeff? I didn't have the time to pull that yeah, one you're, together. Yeah, you're, you're better off. I, I can summarize <laughs> it as, everyone that presents for EA is secretly a Bond villain. They really don't need, <laughs> they really don't need to do press conferences anymore. Like, it... I hate to say it, EA is a company that's reached a point where it doesn't need to do press conferences because the most of the stuff it makes is so annualized. Like, Madden is the start of video game releases for most of us in the fall. Like, it's it's the first thing that comes out and it kicks off all the other releases that come out after that point. That's all you need to know about Madden. It comes out in August or super early September, depending on the year, and it's Madden. You're going to buy it. you don't even have to advertise. I'm glad they do because the ads have gotten weird. Like, and that was every piece of feeling from that press conference. It was like, yep, we're EA. Mm-hmm. We're not sure why we're doing this. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Here's Madden. You know it's coming. Take it. Titanfall 2 looks cool. There it does go. look cool. Battlefield 1. We're going to show you the same video we put out like three weeks ago. I'm like, that's that's great. And that's the other thing. Also, just like... Was it that Battlefield? Was was it Battlefield when that trailer kept playing over and over when we were watching our videos? Was that Battlefield one? Yeah. No, yeah. That, no that was um. We were no. watching videos. That was Wildlands. Oh, Wildlands. Did, whatever that did, like, shit was. Yeah. Is it me or did some co- or some games like Battlefield one just get repeated at every single press conference? Oh no! So that's the thing. Like, I think Battlefield one was at Microsoft. It was at the, at their press conference. It was at their booth, and it was also like one of the two cool things in the EA press conference. And it was the exact same video in all three places. 
There's you could play it. You could also play at the Microsoft booth. But it was like, man, you guys have nothing to show on this one that you're willing to show in the easily findable format, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that I, I I think they're either really early stages of development or they genuinely don't have anything I, else. It's, like, it's yeah, they don't it. have anything. Like they have dice making stuff. They've unveiled the plan for three years of Star Wars to get back that licensing fee. Titanfall three is upon. Uh, Titanfall two Mirror's is Edge. coming. It's got multiplayer and grappling hooks. Those grappling hooks look pretty cool. Yes, I saw that. That was yeah. pretty gnarly. Uh, yep. We got sports, and that's all you can say about EA. Like I. I'd love to see them do some. Like, they didn't have any other. Bu- like, they had the one bullshit like weird indie guy come out with Fee, F E. How you pronounce it? It's like, and I'm sitting there going like, man, I thought Yarny looked stupid last year. Unravel. That's right. That's what it was called. Mm. I'm like, this looks even dumber. Like, EA, stop acting like. Look, here's our soul for the year. <laughs> I, I would like to bring attention to the fact that they showed off like all of the like. Uh, charity and outreach or stuff they do as part of their press conference and I want a subtitle to flash across my screen saying EA please don't vote us the worst company in America ever again, again. please <laughs> the banks are so much worse than us for the love of God we're just a game company Here, here's the thing if you're voted worst company over like the cable companies you're clearly doing something wrong because everyone I've talked to hates cable companies and if you're voting worse than they are what the hell i think it goes one step further that gamers are vocal minorities but like uh, we are making up more to talk about ea than ea had to talk about as part of their press conference so let's just move on uh, ubisoft just dance is still weird south park game is based on positioning i yay for more south park video game yeah Steep is the video game for bros who want to do extreme sports at low risk. For Honor, I got to play. Um, did anything that you guys watch? Uh, either of you watch that press conference at all? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I did hear some interesting news about the South Park stuff. So one of the things that I heard was being thrown around was that maybe the the, the Matt Stone and Trey Parker are considering continuing telling the South Park story in video game yeah. platform. I've got that. It did seem like they were really into the game as part yeah. of the press. It's like, yeah, that game, that first game, did real good. And I'm like, you also could do some stuff in that game you couldn't do on TV. Yeah. So I, I really see them like kind of pushing, like maybe even doing part of the season or something like that down the line, or like a movie esque kind of thing in its own game. Because they really feel like it's a great way to push a narrative. I mean, you have the 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 player actively involved in the game. And you still have a story going on, and it's great. Like I played the was it the South Park game that came out, the the Stick of Truth. Stick of Truth, yeah, Stick of Truth. Great Spence. game, yeah, great game. So I don't know, Jeff. What do you think? Uh, I missed the press conference. Um, I did ha- I own Stick of Truth, and I own the first one, but I haven't got around to playing them. Mm. Um, being a League of Legends player, sitting down and playing first person or single player games is not something I do very often. Ah. Um, no, it's. it's- I'm big... actually kind of surprised that they're making a third one from the point of view that uh, I believe Matt and Trey said that making a video game was absolutely second one. miserable. The second one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect the second one to get made. Now that we have a third one, I'm kind of surprised. No, this is only the second one. Yeah, they've only made... Uh, well, I mean, like, as far as RPG stuff, this is the second one. They have made another game in the Those past. Those they weren't anyway involved oh. in, though. Like, no, I, yeah. I, I think the, the video game did well enough for them. I think they'd be stupid not to keep making them. Like, it... It very much became a. This was really successful. Like, 
in some ways more successful in the show, and we could mm-hmm. do some stuff we could never do in the show. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I played a couple of the games that we'll talk about them later. I played For Honor. I played um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. It wasn't really that much in the press conference. I, I enjoyed the overlooming, the Vendy like shadow of like we're going to capture you. And they're like, we've the been EA around for 30 years! The has been smart enough to stay in the shadows. <laughs> no, like, I, I, on multiple occasions, they bring up the fact that Ubisoft, like, this is their 30th year, uh, 30th birthday, like, they're a 30-year-old company, which is pretty impressive in the game industry, but they're like, no, don't slice us up into chunks and sell us off. Like, we love each other. We're Ubisoft. You all love Ubisoft. And I'm sitting there going like, I kind of want to see what Vendy does to them. Oh, that's right. Holy shit. Makes me want to go listen to the song Briefcase Full of Guts by Death Clock on repeat. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. Like it, there's a certain malice I had where I'm like, Ubisoft, I like some of your games, but you've screwed me just as many times as you've made me happy. So I kind of want to see that dark, ominous cloud get real close. Mm-hmm. Just be like up in your face being like, hey, Ubisoft. We're coming for you. <laughs> I want Vivendi, like, figuratively... No, I want them literally licking, like, the logo outside Ubisoft headquarters. Oh. <laughs> Tastes like fear in there! <laughs> no, and so they showed Vivendi that off. Vivendi starts uh, licking its fingers. <laughs> yeah, they showed off some stuff. It's u- normal Ubisoft things. I, they showed off their new VR game, the Eagle Flight game, which... Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. I I love how every single time I get shown something really cool in VR, I go, that looks cool. I don't have any interest in playing that. And after standing in line at the Ubisoft booth waiting to do other stuff, I have no interest in that game because I got to watch it demoed in big screen like three or four times. And at least what they're showing off is not a $60 game. It's a $20 game. Tops. Wait, is this the one where you can you you're flying around Paris as an eagle? Yeah. Okay, I, I remember that video only because they had it part of Cringe Fest in the beginning part of the Sony conference. Yeah. And like, I was like, okay, Start that's pretty cool. That. But it's like, okay, you can fly around. You know, you're an eagle. That's kind of cool. That would lose its interest really fast. Yeah, it, it's it. That we'll talk. I guess we can talk about this a little bit later too. There is a weird theme to. Everything there that was, yeah, if you're a single-player gamer, you may be a little bit fucked in the upcoming future. There's a big emphasis, and not necessarily in a good way, on multiplayer interconnected stuff. It's like, this is a cool game I'd love to play by myself. Mm -hmm. What if I want to? Eh, you really can't. We'll we'll talk about that more in the stuff I played category. Um, So, Bethesda had a thing there... They announced Quake Champions. Mm-hmm. Quake is now dead to me. Well, they're turning it into like a MOBA or something? I think like it's more like an Overwatch. Like, I'd say it's oh. a TF2 class-based shooter, isn't it? Oh, Basically, that's it's Overwatch. It is, it, it is Overwatch with Quake design aesthetics and like chainsaw hands and shit like that, which is in theory cool, but after the success that was... After the success that I trashed last year... In last year's E3 video, that was that is Doom. I was really hoping for more Quake. I was hoping, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're making Quake, even though it's kind of basically Doom. 
And allegedly this has all the feeling of Quake multiplayer, but I don't want a Quake version of Overwatch. I'm not convinced I want more Overwatch than just Overwatch at the end of the day. Like, Well, the thing is, is Quake's such like a... It's an old staple of a style of game yeah. that it isn't supposed to be emulating other games. Quake's supposed to be fucking Quake. Exactly. This yeah. day and age, I go, why aren't there more Quake games? Not, why isn't Quake more like other games? We have a Quake Con, after all, not a Overwatch or Team Fortress 2 Con. Like, it's not me shitting on those games. It's, it's, it's Quake is a thing. Like, as Jeff said, it is a historical pinnacle yeah, of video games. Definitely. I, I think the fact that they're trying to switch over to, like, an Overwatch S thing makes it, it, it well it's telling in a couple ways number one they feel like their style and their thing as far as gameplay goes is outdated at least they feel like it is or it's not attractive enough to i don't other players. know because they put out a game a little while back there was like this one level tech demo thing that was if quake was made today yeah. and it just shit on the modern day games like, it was just this big, long thing of, like, the final boss at the end of the game was you shot it once with a gun and it died. And it was just this big, long thing about how um, games have gotten too easy. And, like, Quake kind of put its foot down on how, like, modern shoot it they don't like modern shooters. And now they're coming out and trying to, like, adapt to a modern shooter. Well, to take it one step further, like, the joy that is Doom is the fact that that game feels amazingly like old Doom yeah. with nice modern concessions made to bring it into the modern era. Quake also had a very specific feel to it that I would love to see get the same treatment where it's like, yeah, we tweaked some things, like we tweaked health, not looking for collectibles all the time. Mm. But like, Doom, Quake is a game where it's like big guns, big blasting all the time kind of thing. Like, that is a franchise known for its off-the-wall crazy multiplayer. And also the, like... You a console if you tried yeah. kind of thing. The weird yeah. skills you need to have, like bunny hopping and, like... It's it's a Twitch shooter. Like, it should feel, you know, or... Well, I don't know enough about the game to be able to tell whether or not it's going to still have that, like, crazy Unreal Tournament bouncing around a million miles an hour action. Mm. But it needs to do that, at least you know, not and to feel like a quick game That's my point. The fact they've gone this very, like class-based, choose-your-assigned weapon stuff is off-putting to me as someone who's like, I was never the biggest Quake fan, partially because I was allowed to own it and I had to play it at friends' houses, but it, it was this nuts, like, like Doom, your character runs at, like, a hundred goddamn miles an hour the entire game, mm -hmm. has a linear leap of, like, 20 feet, can't tank two or three missiles to the chest, but, like, the correct way to play that game is hitting the ground when you think the enemy's going to land to get that splash damage because they're ducking and weaving so much. You'll never get a direct hit kind of thing. Yeah, and, and like, the thing is, like, the assigned class thing, I mean, there's a, there's a place and a, like, a time and a place for those kind of games. Like, Overwatch does a great job with class-based, you know, arena-type combat, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Quake, the beauty of it was, like, okay, I've got a rocket launcher dump that, let me grab this rail gun, yeah. boom, you can use that. Like, you can just switch around, whatever. I think them switching over to the class-based system is really going to be off. Like, it's going to, it's just, it's not going to do well for them. Yeah. And, I, and I like I can also remember in Quake, the fact that guns were all around the air is like, oh my god, I need to keep, you know, Steve out of this goddamn room and guard this room because he loves the rocket launcher and he'll wreck my ass, so I need to make sure I prevent him from getting in here like there was strategy based around yeah that. exactly and there was so little also released about what quake champions was like i was i'm watching the video going holy crap it's quake holy crap it's quake 
champions. Holy crap, they just killed Quake. <laughs> Stop, it's not moving. Oh my god, there's so much blood. Uh, no, it's it, it, it just, it's... And I guess like maybe that was the vibe I got from the entire Bethesda press conference was we're almost giving you what you want, mm. but not really. Like, they, they were singing the praises of the um, Elder Scrolls Online, which I checked out for a weekend. It was like, okay, this is a thing I don't want to ever play ever again in my life. It's not that great. It, it's If you're into it, you're into it. I'm not going to knock that. I'm not going to yuck your yum, for lack of a better phrase. Mm. But I, I don't like Oblivion games that much. And I know, like, Jeff is the point, there's no Blue Oblivion game announced this year. Say that again? There's no new Skyrim sequel or something like that. Well, they're doing Skyrim Remastered. Which is bullshit! Well, yeah, because if, it, if you wanted, you know, Skyrim Remastered, you could have gotten it on PC a year ago and just downloaded the high-texture mod pack and you're good to go, but... So yeah. the fact that they have the stones to re-release Skyrim as an up version <laughs> on consoles is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I get why they're doing it, and I urge anyone out there to not buy that, because <laughs> I, that is just bad behavior. I guarantee that game does not work any better. It just looks better. I'm betting all of the goddamn... It's just a texture pack upgrade. That's it. You're, you are paying a full $60 for a goddamn texture pack. That'll probably get beaten by the mod community anyway. No, that, oh, yeah, of course. They're bringing console mods to piece to the consoles, which... Or bringing mods to the consoles, that's the, that's the phrase I meant. Like, which is great, except for the fact that there's no proof. Like, they say they'll work with it. There's no actual proof that, like... Like, the fact that you can say the high-res high mod gets you the same effect, like, that's what you should be mad about. Someone made a free version of what they're now trying to sell you for modern consoles. And it's like... I, I don't normally urge the internet not to do something, because I'm not stupid enough to do that. Don't buy the Skyrim up-res. Like, this is... That, that, that just feels shitty. Especially when, like, Fallout 4 has some problems on consoles still. Like, the frame rates aren't good. It's got mm -hmm. some issues they haven't really fixed yet. Yeah. So... But you can now play Fallout 4 in VR, so you can fall through the earth in first person. So... <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> you thought shitty frame rates on their monitor were bad? Just wait till you see I, them on the VR. I, Skyrim on <laughs> VR made total sense to me. That that was a no-brainer. Like, oh, if you own Skyrim on PC, you can now enjoy Skyrim in VR. This should be a patch. Fucking as a patch, it. I'd even pay ten dollars for that patch. There are some people on PC that I'm sure would be like, "Fuck yeah, I can now do this in real life." Whatever. That's cool. Fallout 4, game. a game I have been very discouraging of in the last year, like and fought heavily against even making our top 10 in Game of the Year last year because at a shitty console release. Mm -hmm. I want to know what that game is like in VR in a bad way, like with bad frame rates, bad textures, the glitches. Like, What happens when you suddenly just fly 50 feet in the air because the game glitches the fuck out on you at that point? I look forward to hearing all the people have like mini heart attacks when they get launched 50 feet in the air. Like, yeah, no. Oh, shit. Oh. Kind of like how Resident <laughs> Evil has returned to us trying to kill someone with video games. Potentially Fallout 4 glitches are us trying to kill someone with video games. Yeah. I just imagine someone in wearing a VR helmet and getting hit by one of the giants and just going completely up into the fucking skybox. <laughs> no, I, 
That is just it. Like, that is a game that is already so glitch-tastic. Like, it's why some people find it endearing. But the fact that you would then put a game that they can't iron the glitches out of into VR just seems like a really bad idea in my book. Like, it's like saying, here's this roller coaster, okay, and one of the cars on the roller coaster doesn't work so great. Which one? Depends on which time we send it. Define doesn't work so great. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Will I fall out of the car? Sometimes. Jury's still out on that. <laughs> yeah. You can't prove it will kill you. What? <laughs> oh, God. So, Dishonored 2 looked cool. Dishonored 2 looked so cool, I went back and started replaying Dishonored 1 because I've always given that game a really hard time. And it looked like they fixed a bunch of my issues they had. Hmm. I had with on Dishonored one. It looks cool. They had, a, they had a nice little cool little booth in the Bethesda booth. There was a little room, okay. like some hidden passage stuff going on. They had this crazy display that actually was it was a. Wait, elaborate glass. on hidden passage stuff. Hmm. Elaborate on hidden passage stuff. Did you have to like crawl through a fucking fireplace to get at the game? Not quite. Oh, the game wasn't playable there, as best I could tell. But they had like a room showing off stuff. Okay. From the game. And the cool thing they had is they had these magic glass mirrors. They had like an artifact case. Mm -hmm. You could then put your hand on the case and that would um, HUD up more information about the stuff inside of it and oh. show a video of how that functioned in the game and stuff like that. It was That's a, neat. It was a cool thing. It was a very cool space. Okay. But yeah, it's... The fact they now have, um, what's it, the Elder Scrolls card game to compete with Gwent the card game, like... Say to compete with the, uh, the Witcher 3 card game? I, this is gonna sound terrible. I want the Witcher 3 card game physical. Like, Gwent is a damn solid card game. I want the physical game of that. Like, that's a cool game in my book. Like, it's, it's a fun one. It is my favorite part of Witcher 3. Hmm. <laughs> that's not exactly a compliment if you listened to Game of the Year last year, but Gwent is my favorite part of Witcher 3. I say, I feel like this is an insult. <laughs> it's a little bit of one, yeah. Well, I mean, so your Elder Scrolls is coming out with their own card game, basically, yeah. That's cool because in a year or maybe like a year and a half from now, they'll have a high res texture pack you can buy for the full game again. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Damn. Calling it now. Dig. Next year's E3. High-res texture pack upgrade of the fucking Elder Scrolls Skyrim oh, card I game. I kind of want next year to be E3, the year of the cards. <laughs> year of the uh, card games and the up-reses? Oh, oh what yes. What a depressing version of the future. Fucking calling it now. This year's expansion is holographic. Isn't it a digital card game? Yeah, we brought holographics into the game, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! You can real. feel like you're at the dealer's table. <laughs> I kind of want Gwent to have VR now, actually. That would be pretty cool. That'd be cool. Uh, so moving on, um, <laughs> got Bethesda. There was the PC thing that I didn't bother watching because I don't need to watch the PC World uh, podcast. Alienware, still a thing, apparently. Yep. Thanks, Dill. Uh, yeah. Um, They're still fairly successful. There's a lot of people out there that don't want to build their own computer, which is fine. I looked into it briefly, and then I realized how much it cost and bought stuff that was... Yeah, moving on. Mm -hmm. uh, so the last one, I guess, we probably should talk about before we kind of jump into our general discussions. Um, Nintendo. Okay. Nintendo was there this year? Nintendo was there this year. They showed two and a half things. I'm trying to make my finger do a two, a half. 
Uh, they did two and a half. Yes, th thank you for that. They had um, they they had some other stuff kind of in peripheral, but like even down to their booth, Nintendo was weird. And there's good ways anyway to kind of branch off into the show overall because they were showing off the new Zelda game. Which is the least Zelda ass Zelda ever made. Yeah. That thing's like Dark Souls and Oblivion and Grand Theft Auto V. And there's a jump button and a Oh, and Tony Hawk. What was that? And Tony Hawk. Oh yeah, Tony Hawk, he's right. There's <laughs> there's certain mechanics that you destroy your shield with. And they also showed some brief um Pokemon Sun and Moon, I think is the new one or Yep. Oh yeah, that's the right. new yeah, yeah, Sun and Moon. And they briefly showed off Pokemon Go, which I think that's the best thing they showed off. Like, say that's almost like career suicide for poor Sun and Moon. That like Go being on the horizon is such like a main reason for me to not even really consider the new Pokemon games because there's just such a better concept coming. Oh, see, so you'd have mm, okay. no, you'd have no reason to watch, but watching the little part of their live press conference thing about Sun and Moon, they have this great moment where they go like, so which character are you going to pick for the start? They all like resoundingly try and defend any of the other bullshit starting characters except the owl thing. And they're like, yeah, the, uh, the, the otter looks okay, right? And I'm like, fuck that seal! <laughs> fuck it to hell! That is the worst starting character you've ever made! And I played all the other Pokemon games. You got one starter worth playing as! It's that dapper-ass owl who's not a Pokemon! He's an owl you caught with a net and then glued a bow tie to. <laughs> Another one's a cat you spray-painted black, black and red. Charlie, tell me how you really feel. I, as someone who loves Pokemon games, like, unabashedly as an adult, like, I've played all of them. The fact that I'm looking at this going, like, man, I fucking hate all of these starter characters, and the owl looks okay. Except for the fact that the owl is a fucking grass type, and Charlie does not roll grass types. Wait, you go fire or you go water? Wait, wait, the owl is grass type? Flying grass! What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. it's flying grass! That makes it double shitty! Uh, the, the advantages it would have being grass are mildly negated by it being flying. The only thing it'll be good for is usually one of the early gym leaders is a fighting type, and fighting for whatever reason gets wrecked by flying. And that is that's the when end you roll of that, fire like, water and you just train that thing with steroids and <laughs> hatred so it shows up like... 15 levels over level, and just goes, KILL! They showed just it rips those scene. fuckers in half and goes, Oh, you rolled fighting? I rolled death! <laughs> Did they yeah. uh, show any of the continued evolutions of those things? Like, what the owl grows up Not that I saw, but I also chose not to follow it. Like, the new legendaries look okay. It's a lion and a weird bladed bat thing. Well, they did release stuff for the owl's evolutions. So, oh, not the other bullshit ones no one cares about? So, yeah, so for the owl, he has a tie. When he evolves, he gets a top hat and a tie. And then when he evolves to his final form, he has an ascot, a tie, and a, and a top hat. I, so. I hope you're not <laughs> fucking with me, because that would just make this so much better. Like, it just becomes dapperer. The dapperer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Pokemon showed off. I'm sorry, not Pokemon. Nintendo barely showed off anything. 
Pokemon Go since pretty early infancy. It looks exactly what they promised it to be, which makes me excited. So if it's Pokemon for your phone, that means you can catch Pokemon in cool places. Yeah, it's, it's neat. The only concern, like, I've, I've been reading a lot as far as, like, the Pokemon Go stuff because I follow it quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of problems with it. That they're of course there is. really ironing out. Because I don't know, have you guys played, it's based off of Ingress. Oh, yeah. Same I, company. I played Ingress. Ingress was hot mess. Yeah. So, like, it, it, the stages right now, as far as what's going on, because right now they're actually doing field testing in North America for it. So I don't know if you guys are aware about that one on your iOS or Android device. They're actively doing beta testing for that stuff. Uh, well, for Pokemon Go. And I've been reading a lot of like perspectives like how it feels. It does not feel like a Pokemon game. It feels like Ingress with a Pokemon stamp. And that's the best they're going to get is the real answer. Yeah. Like it's that, that, unless they spend a lot of time making that thing more Pokemon. But at the same time, too, I've played every Pokemon game is the same Pokemon game. You go out there, you kick the shit out of eight gym leaders, go and fight the Elite Four, and then maybe go push over some, like, I'm the biggest badass in the world Pokemon trainer. I only have and level then, 70s. Yeah, yeah. And then you do it two years later all over again yeah. with new characters. But you don't have that with Pokemon Go. So if and you're I looking for that... okay with that. If you, if you like that feeling of, like, starting up, building up your Pokemon, building up a squad, taking out the gym leaders and becoming number one... That's great. That's why I think Summon, Sun and Moon will work. But Pokemon Go kind of captures, captures a different thing for it. Because like, like the evolution system isn't working very... like It's just kind of weird, clunky. Oh, the gym system is very clunky as well from what I've been hearing. I just want to roam by neighborhood picking fights with kids mm -hmm. in the game. What's the thing? You can't pick a fight with other people. Oh, it sucks then. That you, sucks. Can't, you can't battle somebody else who's there. You, can, you basically, you know how you take over nodes in Ingress? Yeah. You basically take over like a gym location with a Pokemon that's there, and once that Pokemon's there, it's stuck. You can't level it up, you can't do anything else to it. Yeah. Until it gets defeated and does something else. Like, it's very, it does not feel like a Pokemon game. It very much more feels like Ingress with a Pokemon stamp on top of it. Yeah, I'm less interested now because yeah. Ingress got boring. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. like, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I've been reading up a lot about it and watching all these leaked videos and things like that, and it just, it doesn't, like, it has that Pokemon look. And it's cool because like you can set, you can turn the camera on, and you can aim it at where there's a Pokemon, and it'll actually VR the Pokemon into like the yeah. camera shot, which is cool. But then at the same time, it's like I can't go and pick on the neighborhood kid and battle his ass, and then show him who's boss as being like a better Pokemon. I love trainer. how something Wicked Studios is sad. We can't just roam the neighborhood picking <laughs> fights with kids no, in a Pokemon game. No, here's the thing. Fuck that. I want to be able to go down to the local elementary school, flip my fucking hat back, and be like, "Let's go, bitches!" And yeah, just no. All these fucking kids at Pokemon so I can shatter their dreams and they can focus on doing real things like being a doctor or a lawyer. And Don't not get focus into video games. games. Don't get into video games because you're going to have assholes like me showing up to crush them. <laughs> There's something very wrong with us that we all want that dream. Throw <laughs> <laughs> up on some kid's birthday party. Yo, who's the birthday boy? I'm here to battle, bitches. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that'd be great out here in LA where we have um, Quinceañeras. Yeah, or it's like that, uh, what is it? You remember that show on TV where, like, you could hire somebody to beat up a bully? We could be like, you could oh, hire the that UFC Pokemon to go whoop thing. some kid's ass at Pokemon, and then, like, just remember, next time you pick on this guy's Pokemon, remember, I'm out there as a Pokemon trainer, and they just leave and make it a show. Oh, we need to get this to Nintendo. Tell coming next, coming next fall, something <laughs> Twicket Studio presents Pokemon Bully Battles or whatever. Please don't call the cops on us either. <laughs> Pokemon bully battle. Oh my God. <laughs> Coming for you, bitch! That's right. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah. Other than that, um, well, well, let's talk a little bit about Zelda because I know you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Uh, so Zelda, Zelda might be even your ballpark in the most ways, Jeff, because you're the other. At least me and you, you're the one that still likes Zelda. I've kind of cooled mm. on the topic. Well, I like going back and replaying Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and I'm currently going through Wind Waker slowly. Mm. Um, yeah. That said, the game—I didn't get to see much of it, but the game definitely looks like they listened to like, okay, Skyward Sword didn't do well. People liked Wind Waker's art style, and they just like the two, and it actually kind of worked artistically. Yeah. Um, they've added a lot of really weird mechanics to it in the like. All of a sudden, I'm watching. Well, I'm gonna call him Link. I have no idea what they're gonna call him this game. Probably or Link. Gonna, it's probably Link. Um, or the Adventures of Douchebag, or whatever else I come up with. Or the Adventures Whoa. of What? No, What is the best one? Um, dot 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 What? Because it reads in every single sentence and it comes off hilarious. I don't know, Bro's pretty good. It's like, all right, Bro's, how you do this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh. A lot of the things that are, like, staples of that game, like the rock feather and stuff, that, like, a lot of the abilities of Link have been focused around items and stuff, and I just saw him doing, like, fucking Vanderwall Force lizard magic and just, like, climbing walls and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I'm kind of confused. It looks more open-worldy. Like, it's... I don't know anything about the storyline or if they revealed any of that or, like... It's like, you wake up in, like, a cloning tank, like... The videos yeah. they released, you wake up in some, like, weird, oddly high-tech looking cryo bed, almost, or something, for a Link game. Like, you only have a fucking iPad you used to access dungeons. I think yeah. The quote was, Link has technology this time. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Abstergo like software, or Abstergo is helping out Link now? Yeah, evidently. Like he, yeah, I remember seeing that because he does that to access some sort of dungeon. He puts like his little tablet on there, like he's doing Android Pay. Yeah. At the store, and he's like boop boop, and then all of a sudden this shit comes up, and like, okay, I mean, eh. I mean, I have a feeling it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be more of a futuristic Zelda, only because in part of the trailer they actually show you in, in Ocarina of Time when you're an adult, there are these giant helicopter-like plants all around Hyrule that, yeah. like, if you travel a certain point, they start flying and chasing after you. I don't know if you refer, remember yeah. what I'm talking about, Jeff. Um, the giant helicopter plant things. Yep. The yeah. So, yeah, you see a bunch of dead ones in the very beginning. Like, they've been there and aged a very long time. Like, they look like they've almost turned to stone. Huh. So, like, you see that right in the beginning. Like, I, I, they look awfully familiar, and then you look at it, you get a close-up view. It looks like those things that were broken up. So I have a feeling in whatever this Hyrule this is, this is more of a futuristic, ahead-of-time Hyrule. So well, they might be kind of playing around with it. So here's hoping the new story of Zelda is your restaurant rescuing Zelda, the um, disenfranchised not Starbucks barista from <laughs> I don't know Ganon, her horrible manager or something. Yeah, and there were some cool moments like the armor, the shield surfing, the pushing that rock down to kill some dudes. I heard some weird rumors like if you die in that game, you ragdoll, which is super off-putting to have in a Zelda game. It feels oddly out of place. That feels very out of place. Actually, that's starting to sound a little disheartening because it, it might be going too far away of what made Zelda games. There's a jump great. button. Yeah, the jump button. Is, I mean, you've had the leaping slash. No, this button. is a literal uh, jump. It's button. a legit jump button that's and in the game. It's not now, the rock like. feather. <laughs> nope. All right. So there's, so there's the jump thing. Then there's like all these little interactive mechanic things. Like I don't know if you saw there was a there was a, a little cut where somebody I guess had like a thing of fire. 
and like I guess they set some sort of fire thing nearby, and the wind blew and just started setting all the field oh, on they fire. Far cried it. Yeah, like what the shit? Like they, it's like holy shit, they just set everything on fire. Yep. No, it's it could be really cool. They did not. I did. I never got to play it, so I can't comment too much. I never saw something that made me go fuck yeah, Zelda. I saw a lot that made me go. Well, that could be cool. That could also be a goddamn mess. Yeah. Like, it just, it doesn't feel like, I mean, I, mean, I have a feeling like they're experimenting with a new style of gameplay, because, like, yeah. the armor thing also, you know, we talked about it, like, the fact that he's going to have all this armor now, or yep. you can custom, looks like you might be able to customize weapons your look degrade. and armor. Yeah. The weapons, too. Like, the weapon, wait, the weapons degrade. Every item in the game has a durability stat. What? MMO? <laughs> Like, you have to pick up new swords and shit like that throughout the game. Is there uh, a variance of swords? Cold weather. What was that? Is there, like, a variance of swords or something? Like, if you're gonna make me pick up more of them, they better not just be the 15th Karaki sword. I heard stuff that like you can pick up axes, like, the... Like, oh, even your armor neat. has a durability... Like, your, your outfits have an armor and a durability stat to them and stuff like that. Like, it's... Where the shit f- gets fucked up over time. Alright, where the fuck is Nintendo going with this? Because that... After hearing that, I didn't know they had durability sets and all that. I'm not liking what this sounds like so far. Yeah, I think it's the guys at Giant Bomb were playing it, and they did the shield surfing thing, and they broke their shield because that thing drains the durability of shields super quick, at least the shield they had. Oh. I'm wondering, there must be some level of, like, if I remember back in, like, Ocarina of Time, remember the Goron knife or whatever it's called? But that broke after one use, and that was a preamble to a quest... Yeah, yes. one that was permanent. Yes, 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 agree, but I mean, like, there may be some kind of, like, the epic shield of surfing, and it's got, like, a metal thing on the front, and it doesn't lose durability from surfing. Well, so, yeah, they the, could have the some thing, kind of, like, epic gear that kind of fixes problems. The thing I assumed is maybe they're going the approach of, uh, what was the last Zelda game that came out for the Game Boy? I'm blanking on the name. Um, Phantom Hourglass, I think? Yeah. Where it had... You could rent dungeon items. You could do any dungeon oh, you wanted. Oh, no, that wasn't Phantom Hourglass. That was, um... That was, uh... The, is that the one where you can go between the dark and the light Hyrule's ones? That's about a half of four them. Four Seasons and... Not Three Four t- Seasons. There was another one that came out, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, you could rent all your gear that's so, available. What would make logical sense to me would be that, like, um... If you do the dungeon in, quote, the correct order, you get unbreakable versions of the things, but if you want to go do a dungeon that requires a bow, you can just go grab a goddamn bow and tackle that kind of thing. Because it is an open-world game. Like, it's a big, expansive game with unsettling Assassin's Creed-style powers <laughs> you go up into points of interest on the map and shit like that. But yeah. I wish I was kidding! There are no. towers where you synchronize that. You oh, climb geez. up, you know, you scare a bird off perch. Oh yeah, over. there was some kind of weird teleporty stuff that, like, in the other games, you had to at least reach the fucking owls and smack them with a sword, because, you know, hitting rock with a sword's good for it. Yeah. Strangely, that sword was more durable. Um, yeah. They, uh, now you could just, like, yeah, you saw it, so you could just teleport there. It takes yep, a lot of the right. exploration out of the game. Like, if I was playing Skyrim and it's like, oh, yeah, I gotta get to Markoth so I can get my fast travel point, is a little different from, like, I just have to get kind of a visual range of it, and then it'll just get me through the wall. Yeah. And I can just ignore all the guards in front and any trials and tribulations to actually getting in the place. Nah. Fast travel. Mm. Although, the, just the last thing I'll throw in there as far as that goes. Um, 
it's interesting that you mentioned the durability thing because at the very end of that trailer, because I, I watched the shit out of this trailer, yeah. you actually see the Master Sword with chunks of it missing. Yeah. Like it's very worn down and degraded. Like it's like it's been wherever it is for a long time that it's actually starting rust, to yeah. rust and rot away. So wherever I like that just kind of further adds to my theory that this is way ahead in the future. No, it's it that's makes a lot of weird. Sense. Or I, that's weird because like the Master Sword has a place in multiple games, and there's obviously the bifurcated storyline, but some of these games have to take place, like, hundreds of years apart, I would think, because doesn't Wind Waker take place, like, a hundred years after Ocarina of Time? It's, I think, Something like, 50-something like I think like fifty something years. Uh, only... we're, we're not going to go into the full history of Zelda, yeah. but yes. Or the Metallurgy of Swords. <laughs> what? Or the Metallurgy of Swords. Yeah. But this is a magical sword we're talking about, like. And now suddenly, I mean, maybe if they had some kind of like, you need to reconstruct it to its greatness or something, and start like. Yeah. This, I could see some kind of storyline answer for this, but I don't know, there's a lot of things that. Uh, meh. Yeah. There's not enough answers about it, and that's I think the biggest issue. Where like, so I guess to jump from this topic to me at E3, ask me your questions about certain games and shit like that. Um, I'll yep. talk about the ones I played, like. So the Nintendo booth was this crazy walled off thing. Like you could not, you could see in the Nintendo booth via doors. It was decked out in like Hyrule theming and shit like that. It also had a line that I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna mess with. But literally, it was walled off and contained. They were really making this an exclusive thing. Did they tether any women to anything? No, Again. <laughs> I did not see any women tethered to Game Boys, but I could not see that well inside, so I don't actually know if there were women tethered to Game Boys like last Nintendo year. Nintendo may that still be tying up people secretly. Okay. To answer your question, Alex, the security system last year for Game Boy games was they had not quite booth babes, they had women in very tight outfits with, like, Game Boys manacled, like... A big fuck-off manacle on their wrist, and then, like, quarter-inch-thick galvanized aircraft cable to the Game Boy, and they would just stand there with this thing, like, leashed to them. It was super weird. This, like, really... The the newest in anti-theft security, like, RF reader? Nah, let's just strap some human beings to it. That was... I I was happy to not see that this year. (laughs) I kind of was hoping to see that again because it was so like, what the, the fuck, fuck, Nintendo? Nintendo yeah. You're the kids' one. What weird fetish is this that you're playing out in front of everyone? That you're shackling Game Boys to women? Oh my gosh, why Nintendo? Why? <laughs> everyone else understands anti theft devices. How do you not get it? Or just go, you produce the fucking product. You, of all people, are aware it costs $10 worth of electronics. Just let it go. If, like, three of them get stolen... If 20 of them get stolen, you made the damn thing. You rebound it. All of this technology is out there. No one's gonna bother stealing it. They could steal it from anyone else at E3. They're just gonna emulate it at the end of the day. Let's be real, Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so the Nintendo booth was weird. The Sony one was a nice um, plethora of games. It ha- um, I, so, I guess overall, I, I don't mean to sound like a downer, and maybe this is just it's my second year of actually getting to go through all of E3 and do lots of stuff, but I think this year was worse than last year, just across the board. There was a really big emphasis on VR, which 
Nothing wrong with that, but there was a lot of VR. Mm. So much so there was like a Sony, ge a Samsung Gear booth. A bigger chunk of the Sony booth was dedicated to VR. The Oculus booth that has no business being at a game convention because it looks like a goddamn Starbucks was back. And as a result, you has had fucking lines as far as the eye could see. Like, every VR thing was by appointment only or two or three hour waits. Like... It was a wreck trying to play things, which as a result forced me to play a bunch of the stuff at Sony and Microsoft and kind of the, the readily available game stations where you stood in line for like five minutes and muscled some other kid out of the way to get to it or something like that, and then got like a five-minute demo. But even beyond that, there wasn't that much there. So um, in Sony, I played uh, Killing Floor 2, Let It Die... Couple other indie things. They oh, had you there. need to talk about fucking Let It Die. Oh, I'm just giving you the list of all the stuff. So we okay. Can talk about it. I played um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I did the Resident Evil VR demo, which. <laughs> um, there's a couple other little things here and there. It's some nice indie stuff as always. Uh, don't think. Uh, what was the weirdest one I saw? Oh, they had Gravity Rush 2 there, which was kind of cool to see them actually giving that game the time of day. Because Gravity Rush is a lot of fun. It just got buried on the Vita, unfortunately. And then over at Microsoft, they had Gears of War, Forza, um, Cuphead, Sea of Thieves, which we'll talk about because that one broke me, ultimately. Um, <laughs> yeah. I said you Battlef all the best errands, huh? They had Battlefield 1. They had, they had a couple of little things. Uh, they had a demo for Wildlands, which that's not the one I played. I played the one over at Ubisoft. Um Square Enix had a bunch of stuff you could play right now. Mm. I, I didn't see actually see anything you couldn't have already been playing being demoed at their booth unless it was Deus Ex. And that was like, Deus Ex is coming! And I'm like, I know! I have it pre-ordered! It comes out in August, you fuckers! Mm -hmm. Show me something about it! No! Okay! Lots of the Hitman stuff there, which was... It's, it's nice to see them continue to support their stuff, I guess. Um, the Ubisoft booth had South Park, which I didn't play because... I wasn't fighting through that line. They had the Eagle Cry game you could play, which I don't think me playing it would have made me like that game anymore, so I kind of gave it a pass. Mm -hmm. I um, played Steep. I played For Honor. I played the um, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands demo there, which me and Alex, we were going through and watching a bunch of the videos, got treated to a demo for the, our trailer for that, like every single fucking commercial every fucking commercial we're not talk about that game though because it really confuses me in an unfortunate way um what else there's a couple little things where i tried some vr stuff across the board uh the coolest booth on the floor hands down goes to mafia 3 a game i'm not sure i care about followed up by the resident evil 7 booth that was just a fucking resident evil house Nice. What? Yeah. Nice. It's okay. just a facade. I did not go into that one. So, gentlemen, ask me questions about games. So did you go I've to actually, the... Or, oh, go, go, ahead, ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Alex. Go, Jeff, Jeff, please, please. Okay. I have a short list of games that I'm curious if they were even there. Okay. Um, from our pre-E3 thing that I kind of yeah. want to follow up on. Go um, for it. So, the first is the Friday the 13th game. I did not see it there. There, um, um... Dead uh, Dead Till Dawn was there at mm -hmm. the Starbreeze Corner, which is right at the entrance to one of the halls. It's always really nicely themed, but it's always so packed I never bother with it. I did not see Friday the 13th physically there, though. That okay. may have been a game the developers were showing off, but there wasn't actually any floor space for it. 
The, the whole show was so weirdly disjointed this year, though, I may have just missed it. That's fine. Um, next one I got here is Cyberpunk 2077. Did they Nowhere to be seen! <laughs> the only thing from CD Projekt Red was, Fucking Gwent the video game, bitches! You all have cards? We got cards! Take that digital paper! <laughs> Cardboard crack. Yeah. Um... And then the next one that was actually a game that we kind of missed to talk about with Xbox was um, We Are the Happy. Oh, The Happy Few. Yeah, yes, I, I played that. Yes. I played that. Um, that game is Bioshock. It's That's just what I Bio thought. Okay, See, I can live I, with that. <laughs> at least the part of that game I played, that game is Bioshock. When we did our review of those trailers, I yeah. said this game has a Bioshock feel. Yeah, it's... It, that Fucking game could be it. something. That yeah. game could really be something. It looks like yeah. um, it's got a bit of a more of a stealth thing going on. Then okay. it looked like Dishonored. It to feels me. very Bioshock. It's bright, vibrant, unsettling colors. It's mm -hmm. it's something. Yep. No, they got some very interesting dystopian shit going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Think, some thing for yourself, Fahrenheit four fifty one kind of no, thing. No, that, that very much so. That yeah. game looks cool. That I'm excited for that game. So that we happy few, right? That's the yeah, one. We yeah. Happy few. That's that. Yeah. Their logo is like every part of that thing is cool. Their logo is cool. The trailer they showed was cool. The demo I got to play. I'm like, yeah, this is appropriately creepy. Yeah. I don't want to be playing this in front of people. I really <laughs> like that they made everyone wear fucking clown paint. Yeah. Oh. That was a great aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just further adds to the whole creepy factor. Where yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's great because if you have people who are already afraid of clowns, it's always going to set them off even more. Which oh, is yeah. Well, no. it, it, it adds to the inherent, like, everything is fake. Yeah. These aren't people's faces. These are the masks they wear. Mm -hmm. Existential, blah, 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 bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that game looks real cool. That could definitely be something. Yeah. I, I am a little bit hesitant because what they've shown... Very not so heavy on the gameplay stuff. Very heavy on the here's the world and stuff like that. And the gameplay stuff I played was decent, but I don't know. Like if that's a six hour game, fucking fantastic. If that's a ten hour game, uh... I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they did show. Was it you rip a pipe off the wall? So yeah. there's your wrench. Yep. Yeah. No, I definitely see them like. I think, if anything, I would play that game for the story versus yeah. mechanics anytime. Just because the story looks so no, that's, good. No, that's, that's probably a game you drop it down to, like, easy mode and just experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Um, but, yeah, that was, I think, actually, that's one of my favorites. Out yeah. of the C3 was We Happy Few. So, moving yep. on, what other games you got for me? Um, I think it was that, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 was the only other thing I've written down. I didn't see it. I didn't even oh, mention it. And uh, ukulele. I didn't see that either. Okay. Yes. So, oh, actually, I have a couple of updates on ukulele because I ended up subscribing to their pod or not, to their Kickstarter. So, for the people who... Did you support the Kickstarter by any chance or no? Uh, I have not, though I do intend to pick that game up. Okay. Um, from what I've heard, and I don't know if it was there probably because, you know, Charlie, you mentioned that it wasn't that great looking. They were going to have a sandbox environment at E3 of like just not necessarily anything about the story but just kind of like to experience a few of the mechanics and the feel for the game was supposed to be at E3 is what I heard but the nice thing is that same demo box or that toy box uh, environment they have will also be sent out to all of the 
Kickstarter cool. people. So I will have a copy we can demo at some point. Yeah, we'll point. check that out definitely. We can play I didn't with. see it at E3, but that doesn't mean yeah. anything. I probably just missed it. Yeah, like that it place was, was a clusterfuck. They purposely said we're putting out a spoiler-free toy box environment that you guys That's can play cool. around with. That's cool. So I'm excited Neat. about that. So you want to talk about Let It Die now, Jeff? Oh, my body is ready. <laughs> Your body's not ready because that game is fucking Dark Souls. Hmm. My body is rolling. Way. So, it's a, it's <laughs> um, combat-wise, it is very similar to Dark Souls in that it's you'll find weapons. Throughout, so, it's very much about this kind of brutal melee engagement. You also get some guns. Mm -hmm. The difference is you're constantly finding weapons and what weapons they are. You have a right fist and a right fist and a left fist. Wow, I can't believe we did that on video. Uh, and you can get things from, like, pickaxe weapons to Cirque Saw boxing gloves to just guns. And it's... If you've seen the video for that, I'm sure I dropped a video on top of us right now. It's... That game is fucked in, the, in a Suda 51 way. Nice. Also, and it's like I'm, I'm talking to the guys I'm playing, and he's like, yeah, so you can do this and this and that. So when you die, your loot guts... It, it's, it's basically a permadeath run game. When you die, your run ends. You can get insurance on your character, but it affects your overall score. Mm. It's got some stuff going on. It was a little clunky when I was playing it, but at the same time, it's a Suda 51 game, and they're all a little clunky when you play them. Is, it, the, the, is it kind of Binding of Isaac-ish? Like, is it like a um, road game? Kind of. I... I guess that's where it's like, it's a little bit like Binding of Isaac, but in my case, more like Dark Souls, where it's, the combat just felt like Dark Souls. There was a, mm. not punishing difficulty, but a steep difficulty to it. Well, I meant you more like... so much picking um, up gear that would help you long run. It was, this is the gear you get this time around. Okay, so, it, or it has the, like, almost like random generated level kind of thing. Because I'm kind of comparing that, like, Binding of Isaac style, like, the levels randomly generated, the items you get is randomly generated, versus, like, a Sonic the Hedgehog game where it's just like, no, this game just doesn't have saves. <laughs> I don't know about the randomness of it because I was playing a demo and the, the demo was the same for every person who played the demo, but that makes sense. I didn't think to ask about that when I was playing it. Mm -hmm. um, I know there were some weapons that got picked up that I never saw in my playthrough and vice versa, so maybe there is some randomness to it, but, like, the... The Suda Fifty One personality is there. Like the narr, the, the, you have Death riding a skateboard, wearing hypno glasses, nice. game over screen and shit like that. Does like, it have luchador <laughs> masks? Um, I did not see any luchador masks. That does not mean there are not luchador masks <laughs> in that game. But like, so when you completed the demo, the Reaper popped up. It's like, thank you for playing, Senpai, and I'm like, fucking Suda Fifty One. <laughs> Senpai noticed my demo! Basically, yeah. Oh my and god. It's got the Suda51 personality going on. It's free to play, so it's free to play, obviously. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of cool. It's, it looks like a Suda51 game. It's got the Suda51 art style. You start off with the characters in underwear and you grab gear for armor as time yep. goes on. Like You're killing dudes with a Cirque Saw blade strapped to your fists. Okay. Certain moves like degrade your abilities faster. Some healing's weird in the game. It could be something. I, if you're into Suda Fifty One games, I suspect you'll probably like this. Nice. Yeah. It's got a fun little horror bend to it. I, 
It's not Ooh. quite Shadows of the Damned, which was a, a crazy horror game with the big boner, but... <laughs> the big boner, or the hot boner. No, big boner, it was called the big boner. I thought it was the hot the boner. The hot boner was the flamethrower version, I think. Oh, jeez. That game was great. That game's fantastic. Ugh. I need What's to this level? Oh, I'm a giant version of my naked dead girlfriend. Great! <laughs> what are the, uh... What are the upgrades are that you find? Oh, performance enhancers. One-eyed Willie Johnson. The game is just like one big long or big long dick joke. <laughs> As is this segment. Oh mm. Jesus! As I played that, um, I touched on Killing Floor for a second. It's it's on PS4. It looked like Killing Floor. There was a mix of traditional weapons and. Then there was a flamethrower made from road flares and aerosol cans. And nice. I was all for that. Yep. I, it looks cool. Is, it's it like just the P, is it just the PC game? Um, no. I, Except for PS4? I think it's a free-to-play game on both, but I don't know. It's, it's uh, PS4 no, Killing Floor definitely Killing cost me too. money. Because <laughs> yeah, I own I have, Killing I have Floor, no too. no goddamn clue. That was like, yep, I played this. It's like Killing Floor 1. Moving the fuck on. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, um, Sea of Thieves was something we talked about in the podcast a bunch. Um, yeah, that, that was game, interesting. That game could be something. Mm -hmm. That game could also be goddamn terrible. It seems it, very much like the group of people you're playing with is really going to determine the quality so, of your experience of that game. So, that's the issue. It is a game... I'm glad it's coming to PC, because I don't think it will do well on consoles, ultimately. It, so, yeah, it's going to be hard to pull off that Skype. Game, and they were showing off just the ship combat. And ship combat in that game is not that much fun without weapons. Have they started to explain cannons. any of the, like, undead shit that's going on? No, nah, it was literally just, we're gonna sail around and cannonball each other, and it's got you like, oh, we're taking on water, builds that shit. It's... It seems like that, what is it? It's not Cloud, or... Wings of Icarus or something like that? The... Game in the blimps that you have to like fix the blimp and like five people have to actually operate the ship. Um, yeah, it it, it yes, looks like that a, game. A little bit like that. It could be like like I said, it could be something. They were really not. T they didn't want to talk to me about what you couldn't couldn't do single. Like like oh, there are small ships you can crew by yourself, but like you literally can't do the big ships by yourself. Like the steering is obscured by sails. Mm. Yeah, like a real ship and stuff like that. It's so forcing it's, you to play with your friends. Uh, yeah, and I'm not well, sure. Well, a real I like ship, there'll be a mast in your way, but the sails are much higher up. <laughs> yeah, no, they're big and billowy because the the helmsman is higher up on the boat and stuff like that. Like it, okay. there's stuff in your way. It's it it could be something. I'm sure it will be a really big thing on Twitch and YouTube because. The inherent, what that game is, yields itself to, like, Oh, stupid bullshit is happening! Blah, 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 blah! Yep. Makes for good yeah. content. No, uh, bingo. It, like I keep saying, it could be something. What I saw did not impress me, but it did hint at some potentially cool something. Like, for something Wicked Studios, it might be a fun game, because we can get three or four of us together mm. and go a-pirating. But, like, Charlie on his own, me on his own, might find that game really frustrating because I'll be out in my dinghy being like, Yep, gotta go explore that island. Crap, there's a guy with an actual ship. Mm. You, do realize, you do realize that we have to play this on top, like, a pirate day. Yes. Like, that has I, to happen. There's no, there's if no If they don't release now. that game on top, like, a pirate day, 
they've missed an opportunity. Oh, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea is free. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's actually one that broke me because that... I'm actually going to save this towards the end. We're going to finish off with some kind of dumb thoughts about E3. I played the um, Ghost Recon Wildlands demo. It is absolutely confusing because that game's combat is great. Mm-hmm. And the Division's combat is a hot fucking mess. So if you'd just taken Ghost Recon Wildlands combat and shoved it into the Division, that <laughs> game would be fantastic. Like, it's a Ghost Recon game. It works exactly as it's supposed to. Mm. It actually looks kind of cool. That That's another game where you can definitely play by yourself, but the social aspect is definitely there to make it interesting. It's... Okay. It could be cool. For Honor, though, the super HD awesome graphic version of Nidhogg Ubisoft is putting out. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. Uh, it's, it's stance-based. It's medieval combat. It's... Again, it could be something. Watching people play the demo for that game, though, was painful because they get one hit in and back off. That is a game all about aggression, and I guess I'm not gonna springboard my large. I'm not gonna talk about. I gotta talk about Resident Evil still. Mm-hmm. This was a game that demoed really badly. Unless you're like me and you're like, I'm gonna get up there and kill this dude. Die! Oh, this game's actually really cool. And they're like, how'd you get done with the demo so quickly? I kept attacking after I got an opening. <laughs> Mm. We didn't back off? No, I didn't. It's sword fighting. You press the advantage. And how did you come to that realization? I've played Nidhogg. I've been in a fight before. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, played Nidhogg. I've watched a movie. I've been in a fight. Like, I've played other video games. But I, yeah, no. I, I think uh, what's going to be interesting with this one is to see what other company buys them and makes a more of a game off of it. Because this almost seems like... Um, a proof of concept thing that someone's going to purchase and make it to another game, kind of like how Portal 1 came about. Maybe, maybe. Uh, th- that game's also definitely a game. There's a story they've unveiled, and, mm-hmm. like, the story is it's literally knights versus Vikings versus samurai. Like, that's yeah. canonical in the game. So, oh, you've wow. got me sitting there doing so it's Valhalla. Like, there were two games that potentially take place in Valhalla at least. Nice. three this year. The year of Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's warrior cultures. It kind of makes sense, but... Mm-hmm. No, it's, that, that was kind of cool. So I played the Resident Evil thing. It was just the VR demo. You go through the house, you get a tape, you put it into a thing, you watch a thing, and it's terrifying and creepy the entire time, and I hated it. <laughs> I, literally, here was my thought process. Thank God I never have to play another PT ever again. Son of a bitch, I now have to play PT in VR now. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I guess one question to follow that up is, does that mean you've succumbed to the idea that you're going to purchase a PlayStation VR when it comes out? They made some strong cases for PlayStation VR. If I was going to buy one of the three VR options, Hmm. it would be PlayStation VR. I'm still not sold on any VR. Like, it's it's still just a peripheral as far as I'm concerned. It's cool, but it's not worth the entry fee for me just yet. It's... It's nice, but not amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I figured it was a point worth asking. At four hundred bucks, it's still too much. If that thing gets down to like two fifty, that's the point where I'll start looking at it, going, 
eh, it's a channel investment, not just me buying something. Wait, so it's going to be worth more than what the consoles go for right now? It's $400 for it at the moment. I think it comes with, like, some controllers, though, oh. and a camera and shit. Like, it's it's not it's cheap stuff. right now. Like, it's, yeah. it's stuff. It, it's, it's basically a whole second console in some ways. <sighs> but not quite. So, but, yeah, Resident Evil looked good. The stuff I saw, I'm like, yep, this is terrifying. Nice. But so, I guess to... Oh, yes, and I... The, my pick of the show is Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm, I yep. got to play that. Like the demo they showed is it was fantastic. It, that game still looks amazing. Um, it's I got good to play to the own a demo PS4. for. <laughs> what was that, Jeff? It's good to own a PS4. It really is. So, in the demo they had was they kind of dropped you into this like not big enough for me because I kept wandering out of the map and getting kicked back to the start of it zone. But it's mm. like, nah, here's some stuff. Play around with the hunting tools and. I can't stress this enough, that game plays exactly like you think it does. Really? Everything they've showed off works exactly like you think it does. Mm. Awesome. Like, the stealth mechanics, it's just you ducking down in some grass, the bow mechanics, and like, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, holy crap, this is a game with giant aggressive melee enemies, and I'm hunting them with bows and arrows and slingshots? This shouldn't work. But the game is so responsive that lets you do the kind of the tactical stuff you can do with it. Mm -hmm. It just works. Like every part of that game shouldn't actually work as well as it does, mm -hmm. but it does. It's it was amazing. Like that that is hands down my pick of the of all the stuff I played and all the stuff I saw. That is my pick of the show. Like nice. it's it's. I'm sad it got delayed till 2017, but at the same time. They they're allowed to do some valve. Yeah, delay time. it. Yeah, if you're, if you're making it better, delay it. Like it's, it's a it's it's the good parts of the new Tomb Raider games, like the hunting zones mm. and stuff like that, combined with just a ridiculously cool concept of hunting robots. Yeah. And there's like yep. stuff they're not showing off. Like you can hack and it, like they showed off you could hack and hijack a deer robot. You yeah. can do that same thing to predatory robots, and they become like your wolf pack, and you're running around killing what? shit with them. Yeah! And their upgrade tree, and some of the stuff they've said, like, I didn't get to see it because I wasn't in the full behind-press closed-door demos, but like, the quest systems in the game are super awesome, and, like, you're trying to craft some item, you can make a quest to go get those components you need to craft that goddamn item so you're not stuck, like, grind-killing nine animals for a couple hours. Wow. Yeah, like, everything about this game is intelligent and well done, as best I can tell. Nice. And moving on from my pick of the show, we move on to my sadness of the show, and that is every single demo was fucked. Okay. Um, there was there, there a weren't enough non VR demos, mm -hmm. and on top of that, you had demos that took 10, 15 minutes to do, and that made just lines move way too slowly. I uh, I stood in line like the Ghost Recon stuff. That's a five minute demo they were giving you, but they mm -hmm. had this bullshit script they were walking you through that took 10, 15 minutes to get through all of it. Uh. And if you had, and then you had me who's like, I'm gonna go over here and I just do crap. So I'm ramboing it up, and they're like. Oh, you're you're ruining our script. You you shouldn't be in the base fucking shit up already. You should be trying to do this. I'm like, nope, guns work. <laughs> like I was doing this so much at one point, one of the guys that was working the booth comes over and goes, "You played a lot of the division when it came out, didn't you?" And I go, "Yeah, I did, and I'm still <laughs> pissed." <laughs> if you're good at the divisions, if you're good at the divisions combat, you fucking tear through Ghost Recon. 
just dropping fools left and right. It's like, it needs to be tactical. Nope, Rambo, bitches! Mm. Aggression is a tactic. Two-shot kills on anything? I got this. Stealth weapons? Who needs a silencer? Mm-hmm. Sniper rifle from long range and throw the truck at him. Uh, and that was just a prevailing issue across the board of badly put together demos. Like, the, um, the, the Sea of Thieves one was just 15, it was an invisible timer, 15 minutes, that ended, like, we got a broad setting with another ship, because we had a shitty driver or pilot or navigator, whoever, whoever sails a goddamn ship does the steering wheel thing, couldn't understand how to steal the ship correctly, so we got one moment of action, and then me up in the crow's nest being, yep, they're still over there, left, <laughs> left, port, the other port. left, <laughs> port, no, that's right, and there are rocks there. <laughs> left, left, left! <laughs> Fucking hidden island at one point. That game has a lot of troll potential. That like game has now. a lot of troll potential, which I'm not sure I like. I like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, no, and it's like, just overall, the show felt... Activision wasn't there, EA wasn't there. Like, in where the Activision booth was, there was this tribe of... Um, weird 360 dome projection demo spaces that were like, well, this shouldn't be here. where Activision was. We have built our, we have built our homes on the remains of Activision's boot <laughs> These are shitty. We yes. call ourselves yes, New are. Activision. <laughs> we will become, we will be known as New Activision. You're not Activision. You don't make Destiny. Go away. <laughs> there was no Destiny at the show, actually. Oh, I was going to ask you if there was hmm. any There was no Destiny show. at the show. I was a tad sad by that, but... I mean, all their, up, all their stuff. updates have been announced. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, they, they did that announcement right before the show actually happens, so... But, yeah, I... Honestly, it's probably a good way to get themselves separated from it, because getting hype out of, like, when Resident Evil's dropping and stuff, and you're trying to pimp a DLC, not a full game, is going to be, like, an inherent difficulty. Announcing beforehand, if anything, gave them a few minutes of just on the map alone. Yeah, no, and I think it was a good choice on their part, ultimately. Yeah. I'd have liked to have seen more, but I'm. It was just more disappointments across the board. Like the focus on VR is good, mm-hmm. but the fact that VR demos fucking suck because it's you in a room, takes up space. They don't take very. They're not very quick. There's a, literally there's two minutes of you understanding how VR works for everyone. Like no one just straps in is good to go right off the bat. Like. It's a time-consuming process that's not good. Like, so much so, Sony had an app you had to make appointments in to go see stuff. That was and smart that was as a godsend. hell. What was that? That's smart as hell. Yeah, and that is. no one else had that. Like, the fact that I got stuck standing in, like, a three-and-a-half-hour line to play Sea of Thieves. So this is the E3 Broke Charlie moment. So, also, swag whoring was across the board the worst I've seen like, talked about or anything. Like, it was out of control this year. You had people in lines just for shirts. Like, there was a dude in the Sea of Thieves <coughs> who waited the three and a half hours with me, maybe longer, because he was there before I even got there, mm-hmm. for a shirt, and then left the line to go get swag somewhere else. Uh. Why even go to a convention if your only purpose was to do that? And yeah. he's, he's gonna sell the shit. No, and that was kind of that didn't seem like that. But this was shit across the board, like problems like that. Like, I like the Sea of Thieves shirt. It's a fantastic shirt. It looks real cool. 
Give those fuckers out. So if you don't want to be in line, you're trying to get the shirt. Don't be in the goddamn line. Like yeah. I, when they announced they were out of pins, people left the goddamn line. It's like no, you're ruining this for those of us who are trying to play games. Like you don't obviously want to actually be here. You just want the free shit. Oh. And that was like that was the issue across the board. Like I felt bad for Horizon Zero Dawn where I made an appointment in the app to go see it and stuff like that, and there were people lined up like. 400 back out and around the back of the Sony booth who I just got to cut because I made an appointment. It was like, no, no, the app is... And they had signs everywhere saying, hey, it's right here. And you had Sony there standing basically going like, no, no, none of you are getting in. Unless mm-hmm. like, we, have, we have a will call line of like 10 people. All the rest of you have to leave. We're in line. There is no line for this. You had to go in the app and sign up. We're getting like one or two people not here for their appointments a session tops most of you are sol go come back at four when we're opening it up to general public at that point point. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it was an exclusive app i had it was just i had to download it and make the appointments i it was kind of a clusterfuck and stuff just felt smaller and emptier like there was just more space there which wasn't good to see mm-hmm. I, yeah and so the sea of thieves one just broke me because literally it was way too much waiting in line to then play what could have been a really cool demo but felt like such a hollowed out demo that because i had a shitty crew nothing happened in like it was just this you waited forever to yell at a dude to go left for 10 minutes congratulations and i want to like sea of thieves it's a pirate game it could be cool but that game has left such an unbelievably bad taste in my mouth because of that demo i literally like okay i'm going to the after party i'm gonna hang out for a little more hours Got out of the Sea of Thieves stem, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking go home now. I'm just done. My feet hurt. I waited in line for that bullshit. Charlie, out. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is mixed reviews. Yeah, I, the overall convention, I feel, felt worse <laughs> than it did last year. And maybe this is a second year of E3 is never as good as your first year of E3 kind of thing. Mm. And I am lucky enough to have gone on a good year of E3 last year. But... Doesn't, it doesn't feel like just that. Like there's, there's, There were problems across the board with E3 this year. Mm. And they weren't like power issues. It was like, these demo lines are out of fucking control. Maybe don't have a half-hour demo. Like, yeah. That is ridiculous. Like Have a half-hour demo by appointment. Give me a five-minute taste of that game. Like Help me book it through this shit so I'm not stuck waiting in line for three and a half hours to play something that could be disappointing if my session is bad. Mm. Like, really make sure you're showing the best version of your game you can. Mm. But, what was it like from your guys' upstanding? We're running, we're, we're past our two-hour mark, so we're probably trying to wrap it up pretty quickly. But um, what was it like observing E3 from not at E3? Was there, was there the same level of, where are the games, where's the stuff that I got while I was there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, usually there's a lot of hype around E3 and, like, the convention center gets all decorated. The whole area is really hyped up. But, like, yeah, I think even when I drove by the convention center, I really didn't see anything up on the side of the building. Like, you know, you know, showing the freeway? Yeah. I don't know if I did, if I wasn't there or if I missed it, but I didn't even see anything. Oh, I getcha. Like, it just did, it, it felt like it was, a, it was an off year for E3. Yeah, no, it, that's a like, very just, fair just, reaction. And even from the outside looking in, like, it just felt like it was an off year. Thoughts, Jeff? Uh, I mean, to me, it was mostly press releases. I, 
the way that they you've explained to me E three set up there is the three days of press releases, then there's the three days of the actual convention. Yeah. So I got none of the latter three days, which was exclusively your or not exclusively, but it was your experience. Um so to me it was just like press releases is all I the only taste I got of it. Oh, um yeah. and it just kinda left me with curiosities of certain games gameplay and like with Sea of Thieves it's like they've established this universe where like there's the undead things for some reason. Yeah. That aren't explained, but then obviously you played a demo that was devoid of them, like yeah, it, a, it was just the ships. Yeah, there's a lot of games that was like, they introduced, they've teased mechanics and stuff, and then omitted them. Yeah. So, I don't Although, know. I did want to ask, Charlie. Yeah. Did you get a chance to go to the Naughty America porn booth for VR? I walked by it, I saw it was there, and was like... The nope! what? So, VR porn was at E3. Yeah. That, that is the message you should take away. <laughs> we had VR porn... That is what was going on with the show this year. Like, that is the level they dropped down to a little bit. So E3 yeah, is slowly had... becoming the VR con, because VR needs a platform it like to sell that, itself actually, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, on that depressing note, anyone got any last words they want to say about E3 2016? Uh, I think I'm good. Um, I think it was the year of, like, smaller games making a big impression. Yeah. Or no, unknown first-time titles, because oh, you have all these big titles that were like, oh, okay... Like, like, was it like uh, Wildlands? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you know, like I gotcha. Zelda, oh, okay. But stuff like Horizon or like We Happy Few, first time titles, all this stuff. Were like, Horizon was yes. their last year. I'm not sure I call okay. it a small game, but yeah, un- unexpected. It was yeah, unexpected. Bad. Like, wow, that's great. You know, so for me, like, I, I personally, my take of everything I've seen as far as E3 this year, my pick, We Happy Few. Yeah, no, it's Mine's Horizon. What's yours, Jeff? Probably Horizon. Uh, fuck, fuck it. Resident Evil! <laughs> That's what I said. You're you're freaking Horizon. So yeah, that's the Resident um, Evil or um, Square Enix game. Uh, Final Fantasy. Love to see more. No, I'd love to play it. I reject your choice. You always reject my choice. (laughs) So that's it for our coverage of E3 2016. Hope you enjoyed us. Uh, Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We don't do stuff like this all the time, but we do it every once in a while. Woo-hoo. We have lots of normal videos coming. We also have a podcast, the Wicked Awesome Cast. You can find our website. Links, all that stuff below. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed, I guess. Yeah.